Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust Morebeer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's show is being brought to you by the good folks at Hop Union. Visit www.hopunion.com for more information or purchase their premium quality hops from Beer, Beer, and More Beer at www.morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers... Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah, it's showtime, everybody. You can turn off the television. UConn's out of the tournament anyway. No sense in watching that anymore. What a mess. <laughs> what a ridiculous mess. Your hopes were anymore? dashed. I'm really scared of you today. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. I, I, I'm one of those guys. I live and die by that team every game. The other day, I think it was Friday's game, I actually died and came back to life five separate <laughs> times. I was resuscitated by Rashad Anderson hitting three points with seconds left. And then today, he missed it. Oh. He missed the three-point shot that was about to uh, send us into the second overtime of the game. And uh, my roommate was leaving the house at right about that time, asked if I needed anything. He said, yeah, razor blades and a rope <laughs> because the tournament's over for us. <laughs> As he said, there's always a next year, right? <laughs> I hate that, that that saying. It's a stupid saying. I know, but it's a saying for losers. It's a saying for losers. That's right. That's what, say that. that's what losers say. Well, you know what else they say? Winning isn't everything. <laughs> F you. It is everything. It's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only thing. Well, but they kind of lost. Yeah, do you think Hitler said winning isn't everything? <laughs> no. See, and look how far he got with that attitude. Oh, guys. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I'm going to give you guys a warning right now. 
And I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna turn it around for you. But uh, the whole first part of the show is based on this angry mood of mine. I got a few things going on in the news, and with a little feedback that I got too, uh, I'm gonna take this this energy that I have, this, this hate hatefulness, this hate this hate that I have inside me. I'm gonna turn it into something good. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing a little teaching today. Use the uh, hate. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach to to the choir for a little while. Uh, I haven't done news in a, in a few weeks and today uh, we got lots of news to get to and it's angry news <laughs> all right uh and, and then glint in his eye and then plus this email that i'll, I'll read you is a stupid short email and uh, uh i'll get into that in just a minute too did that anger you too you know it 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 yes and no i'll get into it and i'll tell you why it did and it and it also didn't uh and then what I'm going to do is turn it around for you. I'm going to end it, uh, the whole segment, which will probably be right around 5.30, 5.40. I'm going to turn it around and, and give you guys some good positive things to move us on into the hop discussion. Because today's show that's being brought to you by Hop Union, Ralph Olson is going to call in. And he's a, just a real cool guy and a lot of fun. Been talking to him, getting him all set up on Skype today. He's Skyping in, so oh, we'll have cool. a nice clear connection. And, and he's just he's, he's cool. So I'm going to get all this energy out now. And then I'm going to turn around and hit you guys with a couple of positive things and then we'll be ready to do the hop show break us down build us back up that's exactly what i'm gonna do so that's the plan for the next 45 minutes or so and then we're going to get into the uh, education of hop heads out there all right everybody okay with that do we have a choice <laughs> Beat away you've got no choice whatsoever all right where's my list here i gotta see if i'm even on track so far oh I need to discuss one thing before I get into my angry ranting. I use the B3 uh, false bottom for my uh, for a bucket. Uh, that's how I do my, my mashing. We've talked about it on the show before, Doc. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we talked about last week how I missed my <laughs> gravity by like 15 points or some ridiculous thing. Uh, it wasn't because I didn't have the false bottom, but... I mash sure, out of other just a, reasons. <laughs> there were there. several other reasons, um, but I mash out of a bucket, just a regular uh, B3, you know, food grade bucket with a spout in the bottom. And I've been having trouble trying to find the best way to make that bucket work. So I broke down and I went and I bought this false bottom that B3 makes for a bucket, and it's awesome. The thing is just great. Uh, I, I got it was like the easiest mash I've I've ever done, and it was cheap because I stole it. Um, it was a demo, right? <laughs> it was a demo. No, I paid for it. I don't know what I paid, but it was really cheap because I, I, I bought that and some ingredients, and the total wasn't wasn't very much. So I know that it's a cheap thing, and it's just an awesome fix. You can turn your even your sanitation bucket into a mash tun with this little guy. The only complaint I had is that the fitting that I was given, it has a washer on each side, and one of the washers was too small. But I was talking to Chris. Chris Graham from B3 is helping us out today. All right, since this is Angry Sunday, yeah. I'm not going to give a good answer here. I'm just going to give an angry answer. <laughs> if you're too cheap to buy a real mash tun. That's correct. <laughs> That's <laughs> absolutely. It leaks a little on you because you only use in a bucket. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. I got correct. nothing to say. Well, I fixed the leak myself, thank you, by putting a larger washer in there. You fixed something yourself? Yeah, which is the unbelievable part of the story. <laughs> no, 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 come on. Who helped you? Who did you call? No, the I great part is we talked it out, and it turned out to be a John Plissé problem. <laughs> yeah. It actually comes with the proper washers. I just was, wasn't was given them. I think they were out or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but John failed to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the deal was. I don't and remember. I do say thank you, John. Spur them on farther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a great little product you guys have there. Uh, 
pretty clever to just make the thing for a bucket. Makes it sweet, huh? You had nothing to do with that. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It just is a really cool thing. It's a legitimate false bottom, and uh, it's easy to clean, easy to hook up, as long as you get the right washer, and uh, works like a dream. I'll be. It, it's now a, a regular part of my system. You want to mash every day now? I do. I'm just going to mash <laughs> for the hell of it. I'm not even going to brew that day. The oatmeal in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. You want to know what the chat room has to say about Yukon? Oh. No. Make him angry. Come on. Fire him up. I don't want to know. It might be pouring some salt in your open wound, but go for it. Rub, rub it. Too. Now that's the one. Uh, that's the one place I really don't want to go. It's. Uh, I'm pretty open about anything. You could uh, insult my mom. That'd be fine. <laughs> um, your mom plays for gators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really mess around with the Yukon, so I don't even want to know. Not even today. <laughs> I mean, it just really disappointed you, didn't they? Yeah. You uh, go ahead. You want to read it? Go ahead. No, it's just a couple of feedback. Mm-hmm. Yukon is gay. Yeah. <laughs> Yukon sucks. Justin, you suck for watching basketball. No, that's just a stupid thing to well, that's say. That's JP right <laughs> there. Like, what is that? I don't know. You suck for watching basketball. Yeah. I should be watching Judge Judy instead. <laughs> Look at him. He's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> you love. No, sincerely, that in. I'm sorry for that. That was tough. It was a tough loss, and uh, what are you going to do? But these people didn't tune in to hear that, so uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go on about it. Plus, <laughs> I, I don't think I could handle it if I did. <laughs> oh my God! You've got mail. Kick ass. It's time for the news or for the feedback, folks. News, feedback, whatever. I, I only got two pieces of feedback today. One of them I don't think I'm going to read though. It's kind of out of date. I had lost it a couple weeks ago, and it just came back. It was a mail from the Vinnie Puppet. Vinny Puppet actually sent us a little feedback this week, but I, it's just out of place, so I'm not going to read it unless you guys are dying to hear it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off. Can you on make that. it sound angry? <laughs> angry Puppet. You know those ones. It's kind of like the anonymous Jamil. They're angry already. Here's the one piece of, of feedback that I did get this week that I want to read. I'm going to preface it by saying this is going to be the first time in the history of the Brewing Network, and I hope the last, that I'm actually going to say in all seriousness and actually mean it, I'm going to call one of our listeners a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, he's actually a douchebag. And the good thing is he's an ex-listener now anyway, and you guys are going to see why this guy's a douchebag. All right? Well, you just you just blew your wad right oh. there. You can't, you can't put down any more listeners after this? I don't like to do it. I, we never have had to do that before. But if we do it, it, it's all in good fun. Yeah, I, I'm but, not even having fun but, with this. I know, but you just said that I'll probably never do it again. I'm going to do it now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, leave it open. We yeah, might need right. to do it again later. You're probably right. I take it back. I may have to do this again later. He just writes in and says this, and I'm not even going to just get a little silence here for it, because I want you guys <laughs> to understand. I just want everyone to hear. It's not complicated. It's a two-sentence email. And he says this. You just lost my loyalty. Five Star is the biggest scam in the homebrew industry. It's like saying Bud is beer. But seeing as it seems you derive pleasure from abuse, I will refrain from further comment. And that's all he says. That's all he says. So I'm going to say this. If you listened to last week's show and you didn't like it, don't ever bother listening to the Brewing Network again. Like you got no business ever listening to the Brewing Network again. It was a great show. Right. Charlie Talley. Was an awesome, awesome guest. Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask some questions about it? Absolutely. Retur- I d- return email address? Is it like uh, <laughs> I- Iota 4? He does have a... a re- yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the other company, right? Um, no, it's not. It's not from a, any, any other sanitation company. Uh, do you see what I'm saying here, though? Like, the last week's show was, was Brewing Network at its best. And really just a great guest. And... A lot of good I, feedback in the forum. Absolutely. People loved the show, and 
and the product on top of that. Well, they're not starving over there at well, Five Star. Yeah, that's right. And here, there's two things that actually... You asked me if the, if the email made me angry. And I guess at first I was a little angry about it. But, but then I got over it because I, I just realized a couple of things. One... Assuming he was loyal before, because he wrote that we've now just lost his loyalty. Because of one little fragile thing? There's that, right. One thing happens on a show, and you decide you've lost my loyalty. Well, if that's what loyalty is to you, I feel bad for whoever you are loyal to. You see what I'm saying? The other part is this. If you were loyal to the Brewing Network, I think regardless of who the sponsor was, let's say in some distant future, Budweiser feels like throwing a couple dollars the Brewing Network's way, I would hope that you'd be happy about it, one way or the other, because you're getting the show for free. You're getting tons of good information out of these guests who come and hang out with us for nothing. Not a dime. Nothing. On the other hand, I happen to be paying for it. So... Whether you liked the guy or not, the guest, he was the sponsor of the show. They actually brought you the show. They paid for the show. And you should be happy about that if you're a loyal listener, right? So if you, if you, I don't expect you to like all of our guests or, or all the products that come in here, and certainly not all the sponsors we're going to have, but you certainly should be pretty stoked that it's happening at all, right, whether you like it or not. So, Mr. Uh, you've Lost My Loyalty... Flufa, my friend. No, even <laughs> even worse than Flufa to me. <laughs> Just even to go and say that's a scam. What? I mean, you know, yeah. maybe you want to say something further than if you really have something to say. Correct. And, and that's sort of my next point. If you were going to say something like that, well, then what do you mean? What are you talking about? I'd be happy to talk about wh- why you think it's a scam. I mean, you know me. I'm into that kind of thing. I like it. If people are douchebags, I want to talk about it. Companies, sponsors, whoever. Um, so, you know. You could have been a little more informative, but it really doesn't matter because we lost his loyalty and he's not going to be he's hanging so out. Anymore. He's not he's hearing you right now. He's probably, yeah. he's probably not even listening. He's right listening now. to that's that right. other brewing show that's on <laughs> oh, right now. That's bringing him tons yeah. of information. The other Sunday show yeah. that yeah that he doesn't have to deal with the sponsors he doesn't yeah. like. So he'll only sign onto the forum as guest now. <laughs> hey, I'll, uh, I'll I'll elaborate on people like that. I mean. Don't let it discourage you. I've been doing this a long time. And, and, you know, once in a while we change up things at B3. We put a new website out. Sometimes I forget, like, to test every little element. And on the last time I changed over, we changed the forum, or we changed everything. Yeah. The forum got affected. Okay. You know how it got affected? It had my left bar on there from my website. It always has the header bar on the top. Okay. But it had the left bar on there that had, happened to say products. Okay. Forum. Home, more info, and that's it. A menu bar. Yeah. yeah. I got worse emails than that, my friend, <laughs> over that going, if you're going to take big dollars and throw them out here and make me look at your name while I, I search in your forum, and I'm like, yeah. d- 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 didn't you just say it was my forum? Exactly. Like, can, can I do I almost thought about not fixing it for him. Yeah. You know, just for that, but of course. Right. Just, Justin we, wouldn't we have bet. fixed it after that point. Oh, yeah. I, in fact, I'd have made it bigger. <laughs> I'd have put it on the right side, too. Yeah. And the bottom. I, I do want to say this. Listeners, I'm not talking to you guys. I don't mean you. I'm really only talking to this guy. Our listeners are so cool. Look, I don't like to watch commercials and stuff when I'm watching television and listening to the radio and all that. It's not a fun thing to have in there. At least when you have commercials on here, it's directly targeted to brewers. So that's kind of cool. I wouldn't mind listening to commercials during a show if it were like such a niche show like we have. You get to learn about beer products as far as I'm concerned, even at the commercial break. Our listeners have been so cool that they actually send emails and post in the forum, hey, 
why aren't there enough banners on your website? Where's all the advertising? How come you don't have commercials? Like, they actually ask us for that kind of stuff. So in my bitch about this guy, I, I really want to make sure you listeners know I'm not going to you. You guys are awesome, and I know that you get it. I know that you guys want us to keep bringing this to you. And you guys are totally cool about us getting sponsored and, and whoever it is. So well, thank that, you to you guys, as I'm that, saying, floofa to this well, guy. That's well, what it's going to take to make this thing keep going, keep running, is... is Advertisers are going to do it. Yeah. I mean, so far to this point, it's been on Justin's dime. Yeah. And, and John. And I say this: even if you don't like the advertiser, even better, screw the people you don't like. <laughs> you know, Budweiser <laughs> wants to come in and dump a couple grand into your show. Yeah. Excellent. Absolutely. Take it away from them. That's right. And I don't think it takes away from the show, and it can only add to the show. I mean, the more that people want to jump on board and help uh, with this sort of thing, the more we're going to be able to bring good stuff to you guys. So. I just think this guy, I wonder if he, if it was like the only show he ever listened to or something. I, I just don't get we it. This was my heart. question. I mean, without you disclosing the name, yeah. is it a guy that we know from the name here? Uh, he didn't put it, even a name on the email. Oh. So it was an anonymous email. And, anonymous um, I'm thinking not. <laughs> I don't think he's one of the, if he, maybe he was one of the regulars. We'll find out if he disappears. Either way, I, I don't care. <laughs> I wish you know what I, here's what I wish first first triple freak now this <laughs> yeah what's gonna go what's gonna happen next I wish that I could uh, give the show for free to everybody but that guy <laughs> like I, I wish I could just make him pay for all of you guys like if for example I was gonna charge ninety nine cents a download like iTunes or something I would charge him ninety nine cents for every listener that we have and just make him pay for it. That's what kind of a douche that guy is. And the rest of you, you'd keep getting it for free. <laughs> That's what I yeah, would do. on his dime. Yeah. wish I could just find his IP address and just charge. Because you know he's going to... Look, you've lost my loyalty. You know he's going to listen to the show. Where, oh, yeah. else, where else is he going to get to hear these guys? Right? Like, you know that we're going to post up on our website one of these times, some awesome guest like we get all the time, and he's going to catch wind of it and be like, oh, I've got to listen to that show. <laughs> you know? And, and I mean, I think we all understand the gripe of, like, if it became a thing where you played a commercial every 10 minutes. Yeah. If it became a Howard Stern, you know, where yeah. it's like every five Tons minutes you play 15 minutes worth of commercials. <laughs> I understand yeah. their gripe, but... Yeah. Dude, last show, I think you went 45 minutes before you went into a commercial. That's right. And, and at that... A minute of commercial. And then it was one minute commercial. I know. Right. And people need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I, they need to make popcorn and need to go to the bathroom. They need to refill the beer. Yeah. Okay. So enough of that guy. That's that, the hate mail. I did take a little sip of that beer, Doc. What is it? Uh, it's uh, Old Stock Ale Bourbon. This ask. is a beer uh, Jamil and I made, like uh, 2004. Really? Yeah. That's we a great aged, beer. We aged it in a bourbon barrel. Okay. We brewed it for the um, uh, NHC, the National Homebrew Conference, when it was in Vegas. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you guys win with it? Well, no, no. We brewed it. Was a, it was like, a giveaway. We brewed oh, okay. three barrels of it. Okay, when I got you. Beer, Beer, More Beer came out with that three-barrel brewery that we never sold. Gotcha. You know, that thing was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Jamil and I were the only brewers on that Ever thing, to use and it. And that was this beer. <laughs> Is that sitting in the warehouse now, like unused? Oh, no, what? we've sold it oh, all. You sold it. Okay. Parts. Parts of parts. It's a good beer. All right, so now I'm running behind time, and I really want to do this news, so I'm going to get to it, because it goes along with this theme. Uh, everybody, we need to uh, wake up and be aware of laws that are taking place in in our country, guys. And I really liked this discussion that we had uh, with the AHA guys that came on here. We talked about it with Charlie P., and then we talked about it again uh, to Gary Glass. And it's it's one of the things that the AHA 
really pays attention to and tries to get the awareness out about different things that are taking place. And, uh, look, I'm not saying that, like, prohibition is around the corner or anything. I'm not going to hide in my bunker. I'm not that much of, like, a conspiracy guy, right? But... But stuff's happening, and it pisses me off. In Texas, um, now people are being arrested in bars um, for being drunk. Did you hear that I said they're in bars? Inside. <laughs> yeah. You uh, find what do they want them to do in there? You wouldn't find any drunks in bars. <laughs> yeah. Read it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. In San Antonio, Texas. This is out of uh, Reuters. It's a, a legitimate story. Texas has begun sending undercover agents into bars to arrest drinkers for being drunk, a spokeswoman for the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission said on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Think about you guys. The first sting operation was conducted recently in a Dallas suburb where agents infiltrated 36 bars and arrested 30 people for intoxication, said the commission's Carolyn Beck. Being in a bar does not exempt one from the state laws against public drunkenness, Beck said. The goal, she said, was to detain drunks before they leave a bar and go do something dangerous, like drive a car. We feel that the only way we're going to get the drunk driving problem and the problem of people hurting each other while drinking uh, is, to, is a crackdown like this, she said. There are a lot of dangerous and stupid things people do when they're intoxicated. I'll give you that. Uh, other than get behind the wheel of a car. People walk out into traffic and get run over. People jump off of balconies trying to reach a swimming pool and miss. She said the sting operations would continue throughout the state. You know, they, they let Grandma pack a, a concealed weapon. Yeah. And they don't let you drink in a bar. In Texas, yeah. I have nothing against Texas, but I've been there. Yeah. Have you ever been there? No. I've been there. It's a very interesting state. Is it? First off, there's a lot of other things the police should be out doing. (laughs) Let's (laughs) just just cover that. Yeah. But I have been to a couple country bars in Texas. And it's And they should be busting people. (laughs) (laughs) I I hate to say that out loud, but... (laughs) Well, I just... I, here's what I I, I want to focus on the on the last sentence. You know that there are a lot of dangerous and stupid things people do. They walk out into traffic and get run over. They jump off balconies trying to reach swimming pools. Uh, all this kind of stuff. Love I've them. got two words for you: natural selection. Exactly. Okay. I think that all of the anger I have today is actually just directed at stupid people. Stupid people really bother me. And I think that stupid people, that natural selection, uh, if if left to its devices, would take care of a lot of the stupid problem that we have in the world. Uh, one of them being, you know, walking out into traffic when you're drunk or jumping off the roof trying to hit the swimming pool. If you miss, or if you try to do that, you're an idiot. And I, I personally would feel safer if you did miss the pool and crack your head open and I didn't have to deal with you anymore. So laws like going into bars and busting people for this sort of thing, they're not helping. They're not fixing the problem. Let natural selection take its course. You see what I'm saying? Less stupid people in the world could only help. You know? You want to cut down on drunk drivers? Let the stupid people die. That's what I say. That's my dare bumper sticker. <laughs> Let the stupid people die. Let's do. That's my campaign. I, the next Brewing Network shirt is going to be Brewing Network. Let the stupid people die. That's our, that's our new slogan. Hey, I'm going to make a lot of enemies here, but let's just think of like Texas as a future Australia. Where we just send all the convicts. <laughs> we just let them do whatever they want. It's whatever, just a yeah. natural selection state. Why not? Get, Put a moat around it. It'll be its own little island, just like Australia, where we send the convicts, like Oz. You know? Hey, Oz did his time. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Australia. There's Oz now. Nice angry phone call from Oz, I hope. That would be great. Uh, Let Daniela take that and see if we need to take that call. More trouble uh, over an Australian uh, advertisement. Here's another thing that uh, everyone has to police everything. There's a whole, like, police world going on now. Tourism in Australia... 
Uh, sorry, Tourism Australia is in a bar fight with Canadian regulators um, over a controversial ad campaign in which a bikini-clad beauty asks viewers, so where the bloody hell are you? The campaign, which was temporarily banned in Britain and partly banned by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, now faces restrictions from Canada's private broadcasters. The culprit this time is a pint of beer in the opening scene. Telecaster, which uh, puts the TV commercials on behalf of Canadian private broadcasters, has told Tourism Australia that the bar scene can't run on member stations. The industry's self-regulating association found two problems with the scene. First, it showed a pint of beer that appeared to be partly consumed. The second concern was the opening line of the commercial, in which an Aussie in an Outback uh, hat tells viewers, we've poured you a beer. Now, God forbid that people walking television are reminded that beer is produced and that people actually drink the stuff. You see what I'm saying? That happened. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? They didn't know before the commercial, though. So thank God they're taking the commercial off the air. Because if they didn't see a half-consumed beer on the television, then nobody would know that people drink beer. You see what I'm saying here? Well, it's almost funny to me to use a beer for advertising. Like, I mean, if I think of Australia, I think of beaches and all this cool stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to go to Belgium if I'm wanting a beer. I'm not going to go to Australia for yeah. a beer. Right. <laughs> so first off, I think they got their goals all backwards. <laughs> it goes on to say that uh, the implication is that you need to drink beer to have this much fun. I know that's not what they're implying, but we must never do anything that makes alcohol appear to be the ticket to admission to a peer group or a fun group, oh. is what they say. Well, let's look at the Budweiser commercials. Uh, you drink Budweiser and you get all these scantily clad women climbing all over you. <laughs> yeah. It just happens. It just happens, right. Look, Gu- guaranteed. Let's face it. Beer is fun. It's a fun thing. It's fun to make. It's fun to drink. You have fun while you're, while you're, while you're making it. You have fun while you're drinking it with your buddies. It's okay to advertise that. It's all right to let people know that. Why do we got to lie about everything? Why do we got to hide all of these things to police the world? It's not like they had yeah, a naked... Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but it's, seriously. It's not and like they had a naked kindergartner serving up a beer. <laughs> why, why would that work for you? Well, God, or? then there might be some 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 people get a little upset about it, but it's just a beer. It's just a beer, and you know, look, it's it's insulting. It insults my intelligence. It insults your intelligence that these people feel that you're not grown up enough, you're not mature enough, and you're not smart enough to figure out advertising for yourself. Doc, you are not smart enough to realize that drinking a Bud Light isn't going to get you laid by all those hotties. You can't figure that out. Yeah. That's what they're it, telling you. It used to. <laughs> <laughs> Caller, you're on the air. G'day, mate. How you going? Hey, Oz. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm good, but you know what it say? Bloody and you can't drink a beer. Is that what it says? Oh, those Canucks are really starting to worry me a bit. Oh, yeah, boy. It's just ridiculous. Have you seen the commercial out there in Australia, then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's good. good ad, actually. It's really good. It's nice young... Um, the, the, the original problem was this young girl in the bikini walking along the beach saying, where the bloody hell are you? Right. And the Poms went absolutely berserk over it. They wouldn't air it. Who, who, tell me who the Poms are for us Yanks. Uh, the British, sorry. Thank you. Okay. you got names for everything. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Australians are their and, own. And they, they're usually derogatory names. Yeah. They're their own club Normally, over there. yeah. I wonder what their <laughs> clubhouse looks like. It's like a giant hall or something. You guys have your own club. That's cool. Names for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just this kind of thing bothers me because it's so insulting. And the FCC, now this is this story is about Canada, but the FCC in the United States is going absolutely nuts. It's it's 
It's fascism. It's unbelievable. I, I, I'm not trying to be on this on this conspiracy rant, uh, but the point is, it's really a scary time. It is for for people in broadcasting right now, and it's scary not just for the broadcasters. It's scary for you. It's scary for you because things are being censored that are so moronic, and it's such an insult to your intelligence, and everyone's just letting it happen. The FCC is such a powerful organization that broadcasters can't do anything about it. You know what happens if a radio station that's getting fined tries to fight against the FCC? They put a hold on all of the radio station's permits. So a station, a company that owns radio stations that's trying to grow, if they were to be locked up in a battle with the FCC, they wouldn't be able to purchase any new licenses in any market whatsoever. Their growth is stopped. It's put to a halt. They can't move. So they can't fight these people. And it's it's just, it's scary to me. It bothers me. Aren't you guys living in the way into the free? Oh, yeah. That's, I love that. I love that, Oz. Yeah. We're so free over here. Freedom of the press, freedom of speech. Yeah. Until they tell us we can't. Yeah. You know, the first time I went to Europe, I went there to visit Daniela, and it was such an eye-opening experience to me to realize that, and the, and the rest of the world laughs at us. I'm going to tell you guys, they're laughing at us. They're so laughing every time they see the American flag bumper sticker that says land of the free and all of that kind of crap. They're laughing because you can do so much more in these, uh, in these countries that, that, uh, you know, the majority of America, it's, it, they're fed this line that, that we're the free ones and everybody else is oppressed. Let me tell you something. We are the most oppressed people uh, on the planet here in the United States. And, and, and we're oppressed sexually. We're oppressed uh, with, with, with commercials. We're oppressed with language. It's, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. It is. Now you got me going, Oz. Oh, man. <laughs> Good. What? What? <laughs> Oz, what are you calling in for, though? I was calling in because I think docos is something. Okay. What, what do I owe you? What? Four beers, Doc. Oh, four beers. Oh, I thought we were going to save yeah. that for the telethon show, though. Yeah, we can do it then as well. <laughs> you can do it twice. Are we getting paid for it this time? Well, yeah. What's what's the, What are we up to? I don't know. I haven't been in the chat room. Last week we were up to about 45 in the chat. So 45 bucks. Whatever they raised. It's a little over $10 a beer, Doc. Huh. That's yeah. not too bad. That isn't that bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll go. I'll do it with you, Doc. I've got my wit. It's tapped. It's ready to go. I'll go with you. How how fast do I got to drink these? Yeah. How fast do you have to do it? Uh, how about do you want to do it before we take the six o'clock break? That gives them thirty minutes. Yeah. Is that too much time? Uh it is. Yeah. Okay. How long well, does it take you to chug a beer? Not that long. <laughs> how about <laughs> right, I got Ralph from Hop Union calling in at uh, five fifty. So that would give you 20 minutes from now. All right. Okay. Are you up for that, Doc? Oh, four beers? Four beers in 20 minutes. The only issue I have is <laughs> I've got the, the Jameel show to do tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, it's still early in the show. You can sober up. Tell you what, make it, if you can, Oz, uh, uh, Doc, for $15 a beer, will you do it then? What am I drinking here? Anything you want. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna down a barley I got, wine. I got. <laughs> Chris Graham handed him his barley wine. Some more damnation, Doc. <laughs> yeah, some more damnation. I got Corona. If you want a light beer. Um, well, we'll see. Are we gonna take a break in a minute? Yeah. Right, well, we'll see what's in the fridge. And uh, yeah, what the hell? All right, Oz, you work on getting us 15 bucks a beer. I will. And then call back, and I'm just gonna leave you on Skype for a little while. You guys can drink uh, at random. 
Sound I'm good? not on Skype. Oh, you're on the telephone. Skype me back then, yeah. and, and we'll do it that way. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Now, I need to say something. Go ahead, please. Now, I need to say something according to what you read to us tonight, the stories, and the, the really threat... Those are threatening stories to me. I get scared and horrified when I hear that. In particular because when you go, if the state is so powerful here that you can go to a bar and arrest people inside of a bar for yeah, drinking, which for is drinking. like the most natural thing to do, right? What is yeah. the purpose of a bar? Yeah. What else can the state do to the people? You know what they're going to do next? I read this. They're going to start arresting people in church for praying. <laughs> this is actually that. what somebody in the chat room suggested. Well, let's all meet up in church and drink because the police does not have a right yeah. in the church. It's the same thing, right? You're going to arrest people in a bar for drinking. Right. It's the same as arresting people in a bowling alley for bowling. Right. It's the same thing. And I think, you know, in particular, being a German and the way I was raised because of, of the bad history of my country and of because what happened and Which how people can be blinded and how people do not even realize if the government is taking over in a bad way, I think I'm very, I'm very, very sensitive in that matter. And yeah. I think everybody out there really needs to be sensitive and in a, in a way needs to wake up because the, if you hear something like that going on in taxes, there should go off. A revolution through this country, kind of, you know? Yeah. Where's the feedback? Where's all the people uh, standing up and really saying literally, fuck that? They're just sitting home listening to us instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening. They were about to, and then they drank another beer. Yeah, exactly. No, it's I'm scared, and this is this is really, this will be a reason for me to leave this country, actually, which I love and which I find great, and whose people I love and think there's so much potential and so much smartness and so much... Just awesome here. Yeah. But this government and this politics, they really, they kick me out of the country. It gets, it's getting ugly. It's pushy. It's uh, Texas. If, if, look, if you take anything, I, I'm sure you guys get sick of hearing me rant about this stuff. But if you do take one thing away, take this. Pay attention. All right? You guys got to pay attention to what's happening. Because you, we, the more you let slip by, I'm telling you, before you know it, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to brew beer anymore. Except, absolutely. It's it's really it's it's not a far cry to assume if this sort of thing is able to happen that uh, before you know it you're not allowed to brew beer. Mm. So pay attention, everybody. You gotta you gotta pay attention to this stuff. You gotta support organizations like the AHA who who try to organize. Uh, they've actually blocked measures like this. They organize people. They get it together and. Um, you got to pay attention, all right? Mm. You got to get involved in these things. I got a couple more stories, but now I just got to kind of breeze through them because we've got to take a break. Another one is um, in uh, North Dakota, they're a- adding taxes to beer to fight alcohol abuse. This is the old, the old sin tax. You guys know this, right? Where they threw a bunch of taxes on cigarettes and alcohol, and now they're upping the taxes on this beer by a couple of cents uh, in order to pay for, for drunk driving problems. You know what? Don't punish everybody for drunk drivers. You know, you know how you pay for drunk driving programs? You charge extra to the drunk drivers. I got no problem with obscene fines. Like, I mean obscene fines. Like, ridiculously high amounts of money should be paid for drunken driving. You see what I'm saying here? That's how you cover uh, drunk driving programs, alright? You charge the people who, who are making the mistake, not the people who aren't making the mistake. And I, I know I don't like sin taxes. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not a smoker. I was a long time ago. But if I was, I don't want to be punished for that. I don't want to pay extra taxes for that sort of thing. There's taxes enough. They pay for public health programs. Uh, sin taxing on top of that, it's ugly. I just, I just got that. I ca- 
kept thinking you're talking about syntax and not syntax. Oh, <laughs> syntax error. <laughs> syntax error. Now they, they charge you for your, you know, for the seven. Uh, you know, uh, pretty soon we're all going to be paying for having sex. You well, see what I'm saying? You're going to have to. Uh, you're going to have to punch a card every time. All of us? Yeah. You're going to have to. You're going to have to slide your card every. Uh, don't ask me where you slide it, but you got to slide your card every time you get laid. You're going to have to pay for sin. You know. Of course, if you're married, it would probably be fine. They wouldn't charge you for that sort of thing. But they would. Uh, they need to uh, pay for all the underage pregnancies and adoptions that happen in the world. So everybody who has sex before marriage is going to get charged for it. Yeah, and I'm fine with them up in taxes if they need to. Make it for public transportation. Teach people to homebrew. If they drink at home, they don't have to drive. There you go. I'd be up for a homebrew tax. But they don't. <laughs> it gets shunted for a while at the right place, and then it gets moved to another. It's somebody's pocket is where yeah. it gets moved. Oh, man. Yeah. Can we stop being angry now? Yeah. Uh, Come on, let's be happy. <laughs> all right. Give us some right. good stuff. We can stuff, be angry no? up till the break, and then after the break, yeah, it's all happy all right. time. Okay, it's almost break time. I told you I'd turn it around. Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read you a happy story, a happy news story. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to read you uh, another very happy. It, it, it's a, it's an article that moved me, and I'm serious about that. I'm a little serious on this show, which is very strange, and I feel a little uncomfortable about it, but it needs to be done. So I'm going to read you this positive news story. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to read you another uh, good story. It's an article. I'm going to read you the whole thing, and you're going to want to hear it because it's damn good. Positive news story. The world's first beer health spa has opened up in Prague. Yes, a beer health spa. Now, this, my friends, is the right direction. Okay? (laughs) A spa believed to be the world's first beer health center has opened in the cellar of a family brewery in the Czech Republic. On, On offer... Our beer baths, beer massages, and beer cosmetics at the spa at the Shadovar Family Brewery in Shadova Plana. The converted cellars include seven huge baths inspired by Victorian design where guests can swim in beer while sipping a pint in a bathside bar. Boy, that's a dream a lot of people have. Yeah, that, exactly. They are some smart people over there. Hey, hey, don't announce this, or our <laughs> government might come over there and stop. Yeah, you're right. We have to. We're going to have to go to war with with Prague. <laughs> don't pee, don't pee in the pool. Uh, it's pretty cheap. Uh, Eighty euro for a weekend package, and then you can indulge in a range of health treatments such as beer wraps, starting at twelve euro uh, per session. The spa's owner. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to try to read your name, dude. Uh, beer can treat a range of conditions, particularly skin conditions, and the health center should appeal to men who are put off by posh traditional spas. I've heard of some places in other countries where people can swim in beer, but it was just a gimmick. We believe in the healing properties of beer, and we offer the full range of treatments. We are a fully-fledged beer spa. How about that? Wow. That is great. That is awesome. It, it's a little strange, actually. <laughs> it is a little weird, but it's also a little it's not slice weird of at all. No, they're it's wasting great. a lot of beer. I just like yeah. to know. I'd like to know who was swimming in the beer before me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And I wonder if it's carbonated because that would tickle in the in the. Yeah, well, not, but not, all, not in all at the right 80, spots. I think. not at eighty degrees. It's not carbonated anymore. That's Some of true. the listeners do want to know if you have a web address for the beer spa. Yes. This might just be where the story came from, so you might have to do some searching. But it's uh, ananova.com. A n a N-O-V-A dot com. Ananova dot com. Or do a Google search for Beer Health Spa Prague. Or a Yahoo search. Or a Yahoo search. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Yella doesn't like Google. <laughs> All right. So that's a good story, right? A little positive note. Now, we're, we're on the uphill. We're on the uphill now, guys. We, we did the downhill. We're going to take a break, and we're back on, uh, on the uphill. So we're taking all the advertising money, and we're heading over there to the beer spa. Yeah. We're going to give Justin a Xanax or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Quick break. We'll be right back. 
listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Brewcaster Jay here to talk to you about Hop Union. You know, Hop Union CBC is one of the leading wholesale hop distributors in the U.S. craft beer industry, with expertise in the business since 1978. Hop Union has over 60,000 square feet of warehouse that can hold over 1.4 million pounds of hops. And with at least 50 different hop varietals from all over the world to choose from, their own pelletizing facility, and every ounce of hops cold stored at or below freezing, Hop Union is the premier source for fresh, expertly processed pellet and whole hops. Homebrewers can purchase Hop Union's hops through Beer, Beer, and More Beer at www.morebeer.com. They carry a full line of hops from Hop Union. Wholesalers and craft beer professionals can contact Hop Union directly at www.hopunion.com or call 1-800-952-4873. That's 1-800-952-4873. For the absolute best and freshest hops and the most variety, Hop Union just can't be beat. The Brewing Network, saving your life, one beer at a time. It's the Hop Show on the Brewing Network, being brought to you by Hop Union. Check them out at hopunion.com if you want. They sell wholesale. You won't be buying hops directly from them, but if you go to More Beer, you can buy it from there. You guys have a lot of Hop Union stuff, huh? All Hop Union. That's all your hops? Yep. Oh, all right. Yeah, Ralph's a cool guy. He was like, uh, you know, I said, hey, I, I do a commercial for you, you know. And uh, he said, well, I don't really sell to your listeners. I sell to, you know, I uh, wholesale to other people. So why don't you go ahead and mention more beer because that's uh, who they can get it from. So I thought that was pretty cool. He made sure that you guys got the proper uh, recognition that's over there. That's very cool. Okay. How about, how about the hop extracts? Any homebrew shops sell those? You got funny. a knife over here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sell it. I mean, well, I used to sell it. No one ever bought it. I I don't think any homebrewers. Really I got know. plenty of it if you need some. I just, I just wanted to try some. But I'm I just, a, actually Jason I, and I are driving up uh, to the craft brewers conference in a month. What is going on over with Daniela? Yeah, over yeah there? what's going on over there? Is it the chat room you're laughing at? Yes, it is, and I don't know what it's all about. But I just got back to the studio and I read this just this one post from um you rem- you remember our token right? Oh yeah, yeah, Terrace, yeah, and I just see he's writing the story of my life. I jump in the pool and all of the white people jump out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I saw. I don't know what comic uh, to be in response that. to your article. <laughs> yeah, probably so. I love that guy. <laughs> Me too. Good guy. Token. All right. I'm going to do something a little different here. A lot of different things happening on today's show. I'm actually going to read you an entire article. And uh, some of you are going to love it. Some of you are going to hate it. All right. It's from uh, Brew Your Own, the last issue, March, April. So, Oz, I'm starting with a peer, uh, with a. Uh, Gordon Beard's half of ice. All right, so we're going to time you now? 20 yes. minutes? Sure. You only right. have three beers in front of you. Oh, I got one in the freezer. Gotcha. Cooling down. All right, you got 20 minutes. Oz, if, uh, you can't call it. You're going to busy up the Skype, so you're going to have to just use homebrew's code and, and 
be drinking. Now, I didn't ask Brew Your Own permission to read this or anything. I hope they don't mind. It's just a it's a good article, and it's a like I said, we're gonna we're gonna do the positive turn, and it just really. You know, I read it while I was on the crapper and everything, but uh, it really inspired me, uh, even at the same time, because... It's a good um, time to be inspired. Yeah, it's a great time to be inspired. You know, it just really reminds you of things, all right? And Grandma, I'm going to ask you permission to read it. How about that? You're like on the editorial board of Brew Your Own, and it's, it's on the last page of the magazine, which you guys own anyway, so I consider you guys own the other page, too. How about that? The on last behalf call. of Brad Ring? Yeah. It's all fine. Thank you very much. So, look, it's not that long of an article. If you don't have the magazine, I'm doing you a favor because everyone should have heard this. It's written, uh, it's a a letter in. It's a a soldier that's over in Iraq, an American soldier in Iraq, and he's writing into the magazine uh, his thoughts uh, as as he's there in Iraq and at war. So it's it's not by some uh, journalist. It's it's by a soldier, a letter in. Okay? (coughs) That's one. (laughs) Doc just finished his first beer. It starts like this. The old adage, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, rings in my head continuously as I pour over the myriad of pages from brewing magazines, product catalogs, and homebrew clubs on the Internet. The clacking sound of the plastic airlock of my fermenter, at first nearly inaudible, grows into a thunderous stomp in my head as my concoction grows to life. The pungent smell of malt and hops that permeate the house on brew day seem to me like the fond memories of fresh-cut grass people recall when asked of childhood. And as these distant mental images and olfactory delights wash over me now, there are some of you out there who let your opportunities squander away. Your brew pots, bottles, and kegs lay empty, dry as the Iraqi landscape that I now sit in day after brewless day. But I will admit I was once like you. I would spend many glorious weekend afternoons lounging on the couch in front of the idiot box saying to myself, oh well, maybe I'll brew tomorrow. And as far as my faithful equipment figured, tomorrow never came. My pots, paddles, and tubing have been cast into an unthinkable zymerical goulage, exiled to the garage as my wife makes a little more room for herself while I am gone. I am hopeful they have not lost faith in me, and that they wait eagerly for their freedom upon my return. Fear not, my little friends, for I will return. Alas, until then, I can only dream of what will be. As you may have already figured, I am serving my nation in Iraq, and as condition of any military deployment, we do not have beer. I confess I have tried to recreate the experience of sitting and talking with friends over a great beer by means of non-alcoholic coors they keep on stock at the chow hall. For those of you who just experienced a shudder down your back and into (laughs) your gut, I thank you for your sympathy. I have been incessantly reading, incessantly reading articles and forum discussions so as to further my knowledge and skill for the day when I can brew again. I walk through the steps in my procedures that might be improved. I fantasize about delectable recipes that keep my friends coming back for more and the catchy names I will call each brew. I visualize my cluttered garage transforming to a brew house full of wondrous contraptions and gadgets. Then I'm awakened. I'm awakened from my soothing daydream by the crackling of gunfire from the guard towers on the roof, and I'm reminded of where I am. So, until I am reunited with my passions, the first being my wife, come on, I'm not crazy, I will have to make do with reading and dreaming. Admittedly, I'm just an intermediate brewer, sticking to extract and partial mash brewing in the kitchen for the past couple of years. But recently, the ideas about brewing swim in my head night and day. It seems like brewing is all I think about, probably to block out the horrors that still occur here every day. Despite what you see, or don't see, of our mission in Iraq, it's still war every day. 
So I escape into a dream of advancing to all grain equipment. Three-tier brewing systems, new glass carboys, Cornelius kegging systems, mash tons, burners, paddles, and hydrometers. Needless to say, I look forward to a grand homecoming with my wife, my dog, and my home. And maybe that's what this is all about. Brewing reminds me of home and all the wonderful things about being there. Not just our loved ones, but the little things that make a home a splendid place to be. So my daydreams are not just simply about the great things I'll be able to get to enhance my brewing, but rather the enhancement I'll get just from being at home brewing again. Chilly Saturday mornings in the garage, burners roaring under the brew kettle, the smell of fresh grains and hops, fermenters waiting to be filled, and those precious few moments for my wife and I to do something together. So there you go. Um, Sergeant William Andrews, 3rd Infantry Division in Iraq. That that kind of inspires me to the point of uh, wanting to sponsor him to go all grain. Get him a get him a little uh, three tier all so, grain. Something kit. a little nicer than your bucket. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves something a little oh, yeah, nicer a little than my nicer bucket. Than that bucket. I'll tell you that. Can you imagine? No mm. beer. At no all? beer. I mean, we talk about you Long know make fun of us for calling ourselves free, but yeah. you think of it that way. It's almost worse that they offer the non-alcoholic course yeah. <laughs> than just no beer at all. You know. I just drank two in his honor. <laughs> <laughs> As he should. Uh, look, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it or anything. I just thought it was amazing because. It, he writes from a, just an interesting perspective, and, and what he's really saying is, um, you know, he's saying pay attention, too. He's saying pay attention, guys, because it's the little things that count, and you're not always going to be able to do it. Sometimes shit happens, and, uh, and brewing is a great thing, you know, sharing it with his family and, uh, and, and, and being able to get his mind off of things by thinking about all the brewing and reading the magazines. And I would, I would imagine that a, a B3 catalog would be like one of his best friends over there right now, which is an amazing thing, Chris. I'm if, taking my picture out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a little bit of carpe diem in that, too. So yeah. as soon as this show's over, start doing something. That's right. Start brewing. All right? Exactly. So, all right, I, I hope you don't mind. I just, I know it's a little different for me to sit here and read an entire article to you guys, but I, I know that not everybody gets that magazine. And I've had the thing for a month, and I just stumbled across the article. It's on that back page. And uh, check it out, you know, if you that, want to read that's it. That's one further. of the first things I read in the magazines. I go back to last that's call. the last call. Yeah. Go to the last call. It's a cool thing. Uh, do they get a lot? I, I, I've never read it in the in the brewery own. A lot of good uh, full page articles like that in in the it, almost every episode. Almost every one. They'll have a last call, and I I had I had one. Well, if you guys like it, and uh, and and they they continually have good ones, maybe I'll call Brew Your Own and see if they want to do a little team thing with me and um, and read stuff like that because double not team. every yeah see if they want to double team you guys <laughs> and uh, and do that whole thing. So all right. Well. I missed Ralph's call while I was doing that. Oh, really? Sorry. I'll call him right back. Let's get Ralph on the horn here. Talk to him for a sec. Then we'll take our, a break and we'll do our tasting, too. And, I'm uh, tasting it now. Dr. Yeah. Scott, a quick update. Uh, they ha- uh, Oz has raised, I think, $135. Wow. So that's like five or six or how and many beers is that? And you still have 12 minutes left. Okay. I'm on. You're on number three? Yeah. Oh, wow. About halfway through number three. <laughs> hey, Ralph, are you there? I am here. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Ralph Have Olson. a little bit of dinner. Okay. You going to eat with us? Yes. Did you bring enough for everybody? Yes, I did. What you eating? <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Ralph Olson from Hop Union. You can go to hopunion.com to check it out, is our guest today. And just a, a cool guy with tons of information. Uh, ha- what, what year did you get into this business, Ralph? 
I started officially April Fool's Day, 1978. 1978, folks. I'm not going to you know, say it outright, Ralph, but that's just yes. a long time. That's a hell of a long time. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, and I won't ask you how old you were when you got into it either. I'll just we'll leave two. it at that. You were two? Yeah. <laughs> it was two. Good start. You barely reach those hot vines. <laughs> that and child labor laws weren't in existence back then. Not back then. So you were doing fine. What's, uh, what's for dinner, Ralph? I'm having a uh, roast and some potatoes, and I'm having a bomber beer called Hop Crip uh, from Deschutes Brewery. Oh, good brewery. I like yes. their stuff. Uh, they make the Mirror Pond pale ale, too, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, that's a, that's one of my favorite pale ales. Starting off with a hop salad. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're going to do with Ralph today. It's going to take a couple of more minutes, uh, but, but Ralph and, and Hop Union, what they are is a hop wholesaler. And is it safe to say, I didn't look up the statistics, are you guys the biggest wholesaler in the West or what? We're the biggest wholesaler when it comes to the uh, craft brew, uh, specialty brew market, homebrew shops. Of that that part of the business, we are the uh, the largest. You guys are the premier. Uh, in the world, where where there's some others that are larger. Okay. Well, there's some others that have been doing it a lot longer too. Um, so uh, that might lend to that. Um, uh, just as far back as hops go in Europe. Uh, well, in fact, uh, the old hop union, the company I worked for, not to interrupt, but uh, it was owned by a guy named Johannes Reiser, and he was the seventh generation. It was uh, formed in 1804. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's who I bought it from. No kidding. <laughs> this part of it. <laughs> no kidding. You didn't buy it in 78, though. No, we just bought it in 2001. Oh, okay. All right. I, they uh, they bought, I worked for four companies in the same building. The first one was Von Horst Company, which was German-owned in 78. And then not to go into a whole lot of it, but in, in um, basically in 83, it sold to some uh, hop growers in, in uh, Washington. And in 86, it sold to Johannes Reiser. And he sold. He kept it until 2001, and he sold out. Okay, gotcha. Now that's a that's a heck of a history you guys got going on there. Well, like I think I told you, I like to go with the plumbing. You know. Yeah, go. Me and the fixtures. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Ralph goes with all of it. And where yes. where are you guys located? We're located in Yakima, Washington. Okay. Uh, which is about in the center of the uh, state. Uh, east of the Cascade Range, so we are a uh, desert region. We get about eight inches of rain or snow, uh, just say precip uh, per year. Okay. And uh, we're very heavy in agriculture. We have a lot of apples, pears, cherries, grapes, both wine and juice, and hops. And uh, do you know the approximate acreage of hops that are growing up there? Yeah, I could tell you to the uh, square foot. Oh, nice. I, I, sh- I should have <laughs> okay. known, Ralph. I think, I think if anybody could, he could. <laughs> Roughly in the U.S., there's about 30,000 acres grown. Uh, in Yakima, we grow about uh, 70%, say about 24,000, 23 to 24. And then there's about 20% in uh, Oregon, Okay. Uh, just uh, uh, by Salem and the Willamette Valley, and about 10% in Idaho, wow. 5% down by Boise, and uh, one farm up by Bonner's Ferry, which is uh, right on the Canadian border, and that's owned by uh, Anheuser-Busch, a small brewery in uh, St. Louis. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I've heard of them. Where do the yeah. two plants that are growing in my back- backyard go into that supply chain? Where do they come from? No, I, like what percentage or, am I? Well, what percentage? <laughs> yeah, you you, uh, you don't quite make the percentage. But, I don't even but exist. You're, but you're special. <laughs> yeah. You're a speck Good on the map. That's what my mother always used to tell me. Thank you, Ralph. Bring you're you, welcome. Bring you back wonderful memories of my childhood. Yeah, you, you'll be happy to know your hops are all over the world, Ralph. 
Yes, they they seem to be going all over the world, and we actually do ship all over the world. Oh, do you really? Uh, yes. How do you ship yeah. that much out? You guys put them on cargo ships or what? No, well, we used to uh, in the old you know in the old days when we were an international company, and we used to sell to all the Heineken and Guinness and and Ambev's and all those big companies. Okay. Now we're selling more to the small craft breweries around the world, and a lot of it's going out FedEx, UPS. Uh, just small small amounts. Although I do send some containers to uh, the UK, they've uh, uh, become very. Uh, they love U.S. hops there, okay. so uh, that's become a real hotbed for us. Now, do you have to refrigerate those containers? No, you do not. You don't. Uh, okay. But you do. Like I bring, I probably sell twenty percent of the hops I sell are imported. I bring most of them from Europe. I get them from England. Uh, 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 Czech Republic, uh, Slovene, uh, France, um, Poland, you know, that area. And then I bring some in from uh, New Zealand, Australia. Okay. Uh, the, but most of my bring and the U.K., of course, I just mentioned, we get we bring them back to. I bring them over Canadian Land Bridge, and they usually are coming in the months of uh, November, December. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's pretty refrigerated anyway. Okay. I got you. Yeah, that's the way to do it, I guess. Do it in the winter, right? Yes, in the summer it'd be a little bit more of a problem. Just so happens, hops are picked in the fall. You got to process it by the time you're ready to ship them. It's about November. Okay, uh, works out pretty good. Okay, all right. Here's what I want to do uh, because I want to really dive into this. this. We're just scratching the surface of this of this stuff, so I want to get into it. Um, but we got to take a quick break. Doc, you're on you're on beer number four now. I'm halfway through beer number four. Wow, you're even ahead of schedule. You're gonna at the rate you're going right now, you're gonna finish about five minutes ahead of schedule. And uh, what's what's the tally, Danielle? How much has Doc made for us by uh, by flooding his liver? Uh, the last <laughs> count I got from us was one hundred thirty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, meanwhile, though, some other people said it would donate some money. I don't keep track, so wow. we have to. I have to ask for us mm. letting us know. They wanted to know that what Dr. Scott was drinking, and I told him it was a uh, two Gordon Biersch Hefeweizens. I Polana Merton, and what are you drinking right now? A Newcastle Brown Ale. Mm. Very it's nice selection, Dr. That, Scott. Yeah, yeah it's I scoured your uh, the fridge. Yeah, your we fridge. have a good fridge. <laughs> we have a hell of an assortment. You find just random one shots all I over. I saw no Coronas or anything like that. Oh, I must have drank them then the other day. <laughs> I didn't uh, remember. No, I, I saw some ginger ale in there. Yeah, that's my roommate's. Lots of ginger that's ale. ale, right? Yeah, it's an ale of some sort, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Quick break, then. Let's do that. When we come back, we're going to do our official tasting, and we're going to go through that pretty quick. We've got Pauliner Oktoberfest for you, Doc, because you're doing an Oktoberfest yep. show tomorrow, right? Paulana. I'm going to try Thank now. You. What is it, Daniela? Paulana. Okay. Paulana. You sound like a retard when you say that. I know it's German, but it sounds uh, like an American tart. It's very, very Bavarian word, actually. It's uh, it's very traditional. Okay. Paulana. <laughs> All right, so, Ralph, I just need you to hang in there for a second. I'm hanging. All right, get yourself a beer. Everybody, I have, I have a bomber here. I'm doing good. Perfect. Everybody <laughs> at home, grab your Oktoberfest if you uh, happen to, to find that uh, obscure note on the website that that was our tasting. And uh, when we come back, we'll do that, and we'll talk all about hops with Ralph from Hop Union. Go to hopunion.com to check it out if you're interested to see what Ralph looks like while we talk to him. Although I don't think he's eating on the website. Sounds very different. We'll could be. <laughs> it might be. We'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Brewcaster Jay here to talk to you about Hop Union. 
You know, Hop Union CBC is one of the leading wholesale hop distributors in the U.S. craft beer industry, with expertise in the business since 1978. Hop Union has over 60,000 square feet of warehouse that can hold over 1.4 million pounds of hops. And with at least 50 different hop varietals from all over the world to choose from, their own pelletizing facility, and every ounce of hops cold stored at or below freezing, Hop Union is the premier source for fresh, expertly processed pellet and whole hops. Homebrewers can purchase Hop Union's hops through Beer, Beer, and More Beer at www.morebeer.com. They carry a full line of hops from Hop Union. Wholesalers and craft beer professionals can contact Hop Union directly at www.hopunion.com or call 1-800-952-4873. That's 1-800-952-4873. For the absolute best and freshest hops and the most variety, Hop Union just can't be beat. All right, we're here with Ralph Olson from Hop Union at HopUnion.com. I'm going to find out the skinny on uh, not only growing your own hops, which, by the way, Ralph, i got tons of questions in front of me about that for you, but um, also about how hops are grown professionally, too. We already got a little bit out of you. Uh, I'd like to also know about maybe some of the upcoming varieties, maybe something new coming I did have a question about that, too, Ralph. How about this? Let's start with how many varieties are there in existence? Do you know that? Well, that's an interesting question, and, and I'll, I'll answer that in a couple of ways for you. Okay. Um, first of all, technically they're more known, known as cultivars. We always call them varieties. It just gives you a little tidbit, some extra information. Um, typically in the wild, hops... Are, are male and female. In the U.S., in the fields, they're all female plants that are grown for brewing purposes, and they're all cloned. So we we have probably in the world about 100 varieties or cultivars that we grow on a commercial basis. With that being said, anytime you have a seed, uh, which would be a, a progeny from a male and a female, you're going to have a different, uh, a different uh, cultivar. So literally you have hundreds of thousands or millions, okay. say, in the wild. I got you. That makes sense. Where where do they where would you find hops just growing wild? They grow in uh, quite a few areas. In fact, uh, one of the uh, interesting plant they found back in the early 1900s, Professor Salomon, he found a, a wild uh, Manitoba, Manitoba uh, hop, uh, and, and that became the basis for most of the high alpha hops today. Okay. Uh, went into uh, Brewer's Gold, Bullion, and eventually became Nugget, Galena, and into the super alphas we see today like Columbus and mm. Millennium and those kind. Okay. Um, so they, they, they come all over the world. Typically, they like to grow in a latitude of about 34 degrees to about 50 degrees. Okay. So you could go pretty much across the... The northern half of the U.S., you know, about mid, mid U.S. over through Europe, northern China, uh, tip of Japan, and down below you'd see them on Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, and the bottom of Argentina. A lot of places. Yeah. A lot of wild yes. hops then. Ralph, yes. Ralph, is it true that back in 1978 when you started in the hop industry, you actually mistakenly thought you were going into the marijuana business? 
<laughs> well, I really didn't know a lot about hops, and I have to tell you, I think I told you, I met my boss. It was a, a kind of a funny story. My my to be boss, I knew his brother, and uh, he told me that I needed to meet him at some point. Anyway, I didn't know much about hops. I, I worked here mainly in the apples and, and whatnot, but met him in a bar one night. And that's how I got my started. My that was my first interview. I'll tell you what, uh, the best jobs on the planet are always gotten in a bar over a beer. The old fashioned way. Yeah, I I found that out in uh, in in my relatively short time on this planet that all the best stories about good jobs were gotten in a bar over a beer. Yes. Good for you, uh, Ralph. That's how it started. Okay. And uh, but uh, yeah, they are uh, they are both in the uh, 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 cannabis uh, family Um, cousins. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 uh, they're, they're there, and uh, but they uh, also been have been classified in the past in the uh, nettles family. What's nettles? So nettles, stinging nettles. They're kind of ah, like uh, okay. Yeah, like a, you know, like a, uh, briars. A, well, the thing that happens if you if you ever work in a hop field and pick plants or, or pops off of plants, and anybody that there in the station that has done that uh, or in the audience. If you ever look at old old pictures of hand picking, they always wear long sleeve shirts. Yeah, that's because hops. If they scratch you, they uh, they leave a mark, and then they'll start stinging. Oh no, kidding! And, uh, yeah, and it's uh, the hair follicles that the plant uses to grow up on the on the core yarn or uh, paper uh, string. Uh, yeah, it, that'll that'll just cut you and, and and scratch. We like to say uh, you run naked through a hop field only once. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, and and yeah. and Ralph, have you done that? Yeah, I have certificates. <laughs> In the form of scars. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. I Unfortunately, I could just picture Justin running through a hop field naked. Yeah. Funny you should it's mention bad, that. It's a bad thought. It's a disgusting thought, but uh, I probably w- I would do that. Uh, just he, to he, see. he would be skipping. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, And the, uh, the thought in my head the whole time would be, Come on, that Ralph guy couldn't have been telling the truth. <laughs> this isn't going to hurt a bit. <laughs> Especially when you get about in the middle and you get all entangled. Yeah. Oh, man. He only ran halfway through and then he ran back. What a mess. Okay, so back to Doc's question then. And also yes. I had it come in from a listener. Uh, you got any any surprises for us? Any new well, hops coming out? There's a couple of new varieties that are out. and There's always some that are coming up. Um, the biggest issue is how many, uh, you know, that you might ask is how many do you need? Uh, I sell right now about 50 between the U.S. and imports, and, uh, you know, it's quite an inventory uh, hassle to start with. So we'll bring new ones on, but you want to be real careful. With that being said, I brought a bunch of new ones in from Europe this uh, this year, uh, one called Slaudek and Premiant and Aurora, and, uh, and there's a Bodicia from uh, uh, the like U.K. And then I got one that at this point I have here. Uh, it's still just a numbered variety. Uh-huh. And the last three digits are uh, 007. Nice. So I, I might have to call that something special. Oh, like yeah. That's a James good. Bond or something. You, yeah. know? you know, that actually brings a – do you find, you know, in, in selling in general, like marketing has a lot to do with stuff, and brewers yes. are pretty savvy. Does it make a difference what you guys name the hops in, in how much I, they sell? I think it makes a tremendous difference. I, I, I think that sometimes so yeah, I was a good say. name. Well, like, like we had one that was. I'll give you a good story because I'm full of stories. I've been in the business a long time, right? Nice. Uh, Eureka was an old one of the first high alpha hops, and I, I actually have thought about bringing it back. But uh, I remember telling Bill Owens 
uh, uh, that that he used to love that hop, and I told him, well, it's all been pulled out. It's gone. He says, oh, damn. <laughs> and he says, God, they should have called it, instead of Eureka, they should have called it Erotica. Uh, there you, know, you probably go. Would've, probably would have made enough that would have kept it going. Nobody would have sold a lot of that. Made with pure yeah. Nobody would have plowed it under. <laughs> so, been... so if you see a new hop that... It's called Erotica. You'll know it's probably the old yeah. Eroica. I've just renamed it. <laughs> I'd want to make a beer with both Erotica and Magnum. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. You catch my drift, Ralph? <laughs> I catch it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a porn movie from yeah. the 70s. <laughs> you would have to na- the, the beer company would have to be some sort of a porn name. <laughs> That's your Slant 7. So, uh, all right. Well, then let me ask you this because you you said you you kind of got to be careful when you get these new strains. You don't you don't know what to do with them. What makes you guys end up deciding what's going to be the one you put out on the market? A lot of times, it's uh, what makes it the easiest is if a larger brewery shows some interest in it. Yeah. Then then we could kind of tag along and get it out and and have some good support. Okay. Without uh, just being stuck with it ourselves. Yeah. And and a couple of new ones that have come, and then a lot of times it will happen with the bigger breweries is they'll use them for a few years and they'll move on to something else. And a couple of varieties that are fairly new out there that that would be the case. Glacier yeah. would be one. Uh, Sterling would be one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, those are those are varieties that were initially brought on by a large brewery who wanted that hop. And then, yeah, for whatever reason, decided to go elsewhere. Meanwhile, we got a pretty good start with the craft brewers who like it, and um, it's it's here to stay. Okay, uh, that's that's pretty typical what happens. So, because a lot of the research dollars and stuff that's put out are are paid for. You know, if a guy's going to spend a lot, it costs hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of dollars to do research and development. Uh, you need to be paid for it. Yeah, and obviously, you're going to go to the biggest source. Right. Yeah, it's a good thing we didn't have to do any research and development at the Brewing Network. We just yeah. assumed no, that everyone would like it. <laughs> no, actually, you did do research no, and development. You're, you're right. Yeah, but we did it on didn't a, mean anything to you, but you still It did. was on a very small scale. I'm sorry, Danielle. I didn't mean to take away your glory. We did do research and development. We just didn't spend millions of dollars on it. Because I work for yeah. free. <laughs> right. Zero dollars. Now who's I got a job everywhere? for her at the office. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like free labor. Free yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, you can speak to your German, or, or at least your European people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Uh, question from our listener wants to know, what's your best-selling hop? The, in the craft brew world, the best-selling hop is uh, Cascade. Okay. I would say that uh, probably... Thirty-five percent, maybe up to forty percent of hops sold in the craft brew world are, are would be Cascade hop. Now, in the in the major world, your main one in the U.S. would probably be your Columbus. They call, we call them CTZs, which is Columbus Tomahawk Zeus, and that's mainly high alpha, which goes into extract, which is mainly exported. The other main aroma hop grown would be uh, Willamette, and uh, that's mainly bought one large brewery probably buys 90 percent of them oh no kidding yeah the <laughs> largest brewery in the world you could figure that out <laughs> they, they they like the willamette over there huh oh yeah wow oh. that's interesting i wouldn't have and that's popular also with the craft brewers what, what's left too. yeah that's why you know i wouldn't have picked willamette for that yeah. i've that's, never tasted it in it that's interesting. It must be like a, some small amount. Unless right? the largest brewery in the world is EJ Fair Brewing or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes up about, I think it makes up about uh, uh, 35% of their of their uh, 
of their grist in, the, in their in their main beer. That's pretty wow. interesting. They, they use a lot of other hops also, but it's a fairly large, uh, fairly large amount. Well, what about all that bollocks about them using all the noble hops? Yeah, and that something. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> that's a great they, answer. They got a little help from the hop U.S. hop industry on that one. If you probably notice, you don't see. Uh, quite so many ads on that anymore yeah uh, but uh, well, but with that being said they do use uh the the noble quote-unquote hop but, but they use hops all around the world and, and part of their reason it's a matter of preservation they're using so many hops uh they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket well, couldn't you say you know the cultivar came down from a noble hop and so yeah therefore it is well yeah the old the original hop they figure probably came out of china somewhere uh, which is interesting. That's probably where where it, where it originated. That is interesting. Um, and, and and a lot of the noble hops, yeah, that are noble, they don't know where they came from. They just they were growing them for so many years, and all of a sudden they gave them names. Gotcha. Yeah. Leave it to the Americans to have to. We have to name everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that was the Europeans. The European. Yeah, but, same difference. But, you know, like clusters, the same thing. The old cluster we used to use here. Yeah. People really don't know the origin of it. It just was used for years and years, and finally. Well, that was you the know, big one for most of the big breweries here in, in America was the cluster. When I started in 1978, uh, probably 70% of the U.S. hops grown were cluster. Yeah, it, that was big, and most people poo-poo the, the cluster now. So It's actually it's kind of funny. It's it's less than 1% now, but, I, but it's making a little bit of a comeback in some circles. Anytime Doc uses the word poo-poo in a sentence, <laughs> I think it just makes for good radio. <laughs> Especially after poor Poo-poo beer. and cluster at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Nice way to, way to have a poo-poo cluster in one sentence there, Doc. I appreciate that. I do have a couple personal questions for you, Ralph. Sure. Came through from the chat room, so uh, you're not allowed to blame me. Okay. Uh, somebody heard that you are a hop knight. And they <laughs> they want to know if that's true, and 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 is there such a thing? <laughs> yes, there is such a thing. I um, I got the the order de Lubalone, and I got that. I had to go over over uh, over to uh, Europe to get it. Okay. And uh, I went over to uh, Sofia, Bulgaria, where they uh, held the International Hop Growers Congress, and and it's given to different growers. And different people throughout the world, but as far as hop dealers, yeah, I'm only the second uh, U.S. guy to ever get it. Is so that kind right? Of a neat order. Yeah, the guy that I got, the guy that preceded me was my mentor, my one of my main mentors. He taught me everything, so gotcha. I'm, I'm happy to follow him. He so, was a great guy. So you're a hop knight, sort of like Elton John is a, so, is Sir Elton. I was just Sir yeah. Ralph. That was that was going to yeah. say. That's, Should, it's it's kind of nutty, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's true. Did, I, did they we give me a little it? pin and a Black, you know. Did they, make, did they make you kneel down and yeah. knock you with a sword? No, they just pinned it on you. You had to wear this thing with a ribbon on it. They made him run through hot fields naked. That's a different That's a different. Credit. Lots of candles. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other club. <laughs> Lots of candles, everybody in a mask. Oh, wait, that was the other club. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, quite an honor to get it. And it's been around since like the uh, the 1400s. And, wow. Uh, and so it's a, it was a pretty neat thing to get. That's pretty cool, so, actually. So, so you're all right. So from now on, it's Sir Ralph. I apologize for go. our uh, <laughs> inadequate greeting to you. Is that a whole new coat of arms? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't want to see it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's over the mantle. Somebody wants to know where you're from, Ralph. I was born in uh, Spokane, Washington, which is uh, about 200 miles here from uh, Yakima. Uh, okay. Further, further east in the state of Washington. Okay. 
Um, somebody wants to know if they can buy your merchandise, hats, shirts, anything like that that you have for sale. And is there a place that people can do that? Yeah, typically we normally um, we do a lot of donations to uh, like uh, homebrew clubs that are doing. Uh, um, uh, let's just say they're having a, a championship uh, bout or something. They want to have some prizes. Um, we don't normally sell them, but I would say since we're on this thing, yeah, if someone wanted to uh, to do that, they could they could contact us. Okay, I think uh, where and, that and came... just mentioned this station in my name, and we'll, we'd work them out a deal. Oh, cool. Just to open Pandora's box. Yeah, you got to be good. I did. I just I know that I you heard me hesitating. <laughs> <laughs> my wheels right. were spinning pretty rapidly. Well, but, um, your your way out here might be to give us X amount. And we can give them away just swag. Distribute swag it for you. There you go. They just give us X amount, and we'll, we can throw them out here. There. That'll save you a lot of headaches, probably. There you go. If, if you do do that, guys, be nice to Ralph. All right. Uh, don't don't bombard him with merch. I think that actually came from somebody who who got a donation giveaway from you guys, lost the hat, yes. and w- really liked it. Wants another one. So oh, I, those kind of people, you know, you got to take care of them. It's just the way it is. You know, I've heard uh, actually, I, I uh, somebody else, a, a brewer in the industry, uh, one of our guests has been on the show. Sent me a message today just said hey i heard you're having ralph on the show and i just wanted to say about him he's a the hop union is great and and one of the best things that you guys have is what he was saying is your customer service is unbelievable he said we he, work real hard on that yes that's what he was saying he said they just seem to really focus on it and uh you, like you actually return phone calls and strange things like that i actually do that yeah it's <laughs> not easy either yeah <laughs> i'm sure it's not but no, you know, I figure it's just uh, our my philosophy is if someone comes in and wants to do a tour, I don't care who they are. They if they if they take the time to come see me, they're gonna they're gonna get a tour. And if they want to call me or or send me an email, you gotta you gotta take the time. Gotcha. They're taking the time to get a hold of you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's yeah. it's what you gotta do. Okay, last question, the personal question, and uh, uh, scarcely does someone involved in this discussion get through a show without being asked this question, Ralph. <laughs> Have you ever smoked hops? <laughs> I, I, I just did a I just did a talk for the Rocky Mountain uh, Brewing Symposium uh, in Colorado Springs here, and it was uh, uh, myths and uh, urban legends and other things about hops. And of course, one of the I said one of the things you have one of the most common questions is, can you eat it? Can you smoke it? Those are your two first questions. All right. You know, if you're if you're at a brew fest or something. Yeah. And I say, yeah, you could eat it, but you know, you if you're gonna do it, you might as well try a little lighter one first. Yeah. Uh, one that has so much alpha in it. and of course eventually they want to try something like a magnum and uh, then you, you watch their face uh, uh, change dramatically. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I say, yeah, you could smoke them. Um, it, it, it doesn't want to stay lit and it'll give you a headache, but if you if you if you want it for that I'll I'll double my price and sell you all your wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to pick yeah, that doesn't taste very good. I'll have to say you have to try it once. You know, you do have to. That's what I was going to say. If you were to recommend one hop to try for the newbie, which one would it be? To, uh, to smoke, yeah. no, noble yeah. probably. I, I would say a noble or or, or something of very low. Yeah, I would say Talk. a Hallertau <laughs> type or a Saws. Okay, um, any of those that are the, probably the lower the alpha, the better. I love that you're taking me seriously, because I really yes. didn't want an answer, but a lot of other guys would have just said, shut up. <laughs> you're going to get an answer. That's the question. Of course, the price Sox. of hops to you now is doubled. Doc you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smokes Liberty, just so you know. Yeah. I love how yeah. un- you know, I, I used to like Ultra, but I can't get it anymore. Yeah. I'm thinking about bringing that hop back. Is that I, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I'm actually, uh, I actually have some in a nursery, and I'm... Uh, 
I'm going to I'm going to start propagating it. Yeah, I, I really liked Ultra way back when. And Beautiful hop. It was. And yeah. I, I just got used to it, and all of a sudden I couldn't get it anymore. Well, the problem was, from a growing standpoint, the alpha was too low, and most brewers didn't want to pay the kind of money it demanded for the alpha that it had. Uh, but it was really a great hop. I think it was grown in the wrong places. The wrong growers had them. It was really never got beyond the experimental stage. And I'm going to try to grow them in Oregon, where it's a little milder climate. And I think they might do well down there. Okay. It, it was a nice hop. It was. Uh, I took it as an experimental thing. Oh, a new hop coming up, and here, try this and do this and this with it. And it really did work well. Hmm. Uh, and then it just kind of disappeared. Oh, yeah. Gone. Off the face of the earth. Yeah. Strange how that happens. Uh, speaking of gone off the face of the earth, i got a couple Amarillo questions for you. Yes. People want to know, for one, who bought all the Amarillo? <laughs> Let me answer this Does one. Does the name Vinny sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that you no. have to really get in line with you to get this stuff. Well, I'll and tell you. That's the, what you the, call the, it. Yeah. Yeah, the problem with Amarillo, it's not really a problem. There's one grower that has it, and, and he uh, developed it. He has a patent on it, and he's the only, he doesn't want anyone else to grow it. Smart dude. Which is power to him. Yeah. But he only has X amount of them that he's growing. Now, we're going to get a larger amount of them this year. But it's a fairly, just a limited production, so uh, it's a supply and demand issue. Sounds like something B3 would do. You guys like to do that, Chris. You, like, come up with some brilliant idea, and you put that little copyright sign on it and everything. And then we sell out of it. <laughs> and then you sell out of it, yeah. <laughs> Smart hey, hey, guy. We, yeah. We He's done well with it. See, I, gotta, yeah. I don't have that. I'm an idiot when it comes to business, guys. I'm like, yeah, take everything for free. This is great. <laughs> Meanwhile, Daniela pays the rent. <laughs> well, like you always told me, the first radio is free, dude. Yeah, that's right. So is the 10th and the 20th. When <laughs> will people see Amarillo rhizomes available for home growers? Uh, because the fact that it's a private variety, yeah. with a patent, you will not see them available. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Where's the patent you run know, out? Yeah. Well, yeah. if it's a, like Probably another about patent. about 10, 20 years. Yeah. I think that yeah, he's not letting it go. He, yeah, at this sure. point, I think there could be a point when it gets big enough, maybe he would, yeah. but he's obviously going to want to get something for it. I, because once he lets it out that way, yeah. uh, then, then everybody and anybody can start growing it. I see a nighttime guys in black stealth thing <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> had, yeah. Why do I get the feeling Doc and I are making some weird trip to Amarillo land sometime soon? <laughs> With a bunch of sharp knives in the bag. <laughs> and night vision goggles. <laughs> Um, We've actually had that happen in our industry before. <laughs> people coming in and grabbing their their own little piece, well, something, huh? yeah, that they should they, they want it bad enough, you know. Well, right, the well, we are do. Out there in the middle of the night, what the heck? You want to name the other company that did that to you guys? Didn't do it to us. Oh, they didn't. Okay, it's a funny story. Yeah, just name stories. Anyway. Just it's, stories. It's funny industrial espionage in the yeah. hop industry. Who would have thought? Yes. That's I'm hops. Hops. James Hops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 007. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I'm going over this in my brain. I'm not sure how I feel about being able to patent, you know, organic matter like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he basically patented a, a, a life form, and I just I don't know how I feel about that. I say it's good. It's interesting. Yes, it is interesting. I mean, good yeah. for him. But now, especially because you have all the genealogy going on and people being able to pick out different strains in the DNA. Like Doc, if you find the you know the the strain of DNA that gives everybody perfect teeth, are you allowed to patent that or what? Yeah, <laughs> you are. Yeah, <laughs> yes, actually, yes, I am. But but Justin, think, think about what you're saying. Yeah, that's your U.S. government working for you. Hey, yeah. did you patent your? They said you doc? can yeah, patent baby. that. That, I don't know. I, I'm I don't making know. him angry again. <laughs> yeah, get me back on that track. 
That's a strange thing. Well, it does make sense then. Uh, you know, at first I, I just was kind of naively thinking that the reason uh, nobody can get Amarillo is because it's so popular. But it's 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 two things. It's popular and no one's allowed to grow it. That's right. Hmm. It might not be my favorite hop anymore, guys. I'm uh-huh. I'm going to move well, over to the Galena or something. <laughs> something totally Galena's opposite. Galena's a public though. variety. There you go. <laughs> publicly traded. I, yes. Now, do you see a trend in that happening? Do you think that as people develop new strains, they're all going to start patenting like that? There is a, 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 a trend towards that, but you're going to see it more, and, and it has been more, in what we call the high alpha hops. Okay. Now, the craft brew world gets some of that indirectly. Uh, for example, I sell probably to the craft brew world probably 90, 85 to 90 percent aroma hops, okay. uh, 10 to 15 percent high alpha hops. In the real world of growing, though, we're probably about 70 percent high alpha hops are grown. And, and where most of those go are into the form of extract or high alpha pellets overseas. Oh. Um, where you get patent, the reason they patent it is because two, two things you're trying to accomplish with a high alpha hop. Big yield, big alpha. It okay. all comes together. Okay. The bigger yield you get, the bigger alpha you get, the cheaper it is to put it into a can of extract, which gives you an edge over your competitors. That's pretty interesting. So and it, it all comes down to money, then. It all comes down to money, It's baby. business. Yeah. Yes, it's big business. And, I mean, you know, you got to remember a lot of these people have been around for a long, long time, and they haven't stayed in business, Cause you know, stupid. from being dumb. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're <laughs> businessmen. Yes. Yeah. I'm starting to think, the Ralph. The BN is doomed. <laughs> yeah, we're screwed, man. <laughs> no business sense. I, John and I have had these discussions, like, maybe, you know, we should charge the podcast. And I'm like, nah, why would we charge people for what we do? <laughs> this is why Ralph... Uh, That's uh, why I'm on. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I picture right now, as we're talking about how it is for the for the money and the business and all that, I'm, I'm thinking that you've got, like, a compound like Michael Jackson has up there in y- Yakima. You've got, like, Hopland or something. Oh, no, he, he closed that. He, he shut it down. Yeah, he closed that. Yeah, he had to. That's right. It cost too much to run it. No, no we, he ran uh, on little boys. You've got a nice compound up there, don't you, Ralph? We have a nice compound up there, yeah. We have it at our office. We actually have a... Uh, we have a bar that's called the Tap Room. I got three taps and four tables there. That's and right, at, like in your place of business. That's in our place of business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a full full bar. And then you walk past the, the door, past that, and you go into my playroom, which has got two pool tables, ping pong table, darts, foosball, air hockey, and the whole bit. You guys don't and, work, and, and that's my world. That, well, <laughs> it's hard to work as play, play yeah. work. You know. Yeah, man, I love okay. this industry. I, I just I, gotta say it. I love. I'm it. gonna come up there and we're gonna play some air hockey. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> it's such a it's just such a different industry. I had this weird daydream the other day, Chris. Like if I would ever, I had to just I just mull over weird things in my head sometimes. Uh, Don't mention my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at B three and I was going now. You know, would I ever apply here? Like, could I work at this place? And the, my first thought was, I love this industry. What a great job all these kids you have working for you have. And then I thought, I'd never make it. I'd be the guy sitting in the walk-in in the back just drinking half the day. <laughs> Why are you so bad? Oh, yeah. I would be out of there. I could not handle no, it. No, we, we, we would see you in the front room talking to all the customers, talking everybody up. Yeah. Everybody would walk out of there with a conical and, and, a, and, a, for, for fi- and a 15. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, no. We'd have somebody checking you. But, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to do but, that. And, and a 1550. Yeah. And they'd all be happy walking out that door. <laughs> That's right. All right, uh, I'm realizing that I screwed up and we forgot to do our tasting. 
Um, I already did it. It's good. <laughs> I just did mine. It was very good. Yeah, good, good for you guys. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. Um, I, the next line of questioning I've got for you, Ralph, just to get you prepared and, and so that the listeners know I'm not ignoring it. I got it all set up. Lots of questions about growing our own hops. Yes, and uh, right down to what's the what should the soil be like and different strains and all sorts of stuff. So I want to get into that with you when we come back. If, if Sounds that's all right. very good. And if you guys got your uh, Paul Honor ready before and I didn't let you drink it, we'll drink it real quick when we come back. We'll do a we're gonna do a speed tasting this week, Doc. We're gonna we're gonna slam it. We're gonna mention a couple things and we're gonna get right in back into the hop discussion. And, and that's different from the yeah. way I've been drinking. <laughs> You're right. Okay. It's, it's it's very different. You know they they say there's something to doing uh, taking big gulps instead of small ones. Because the pH in your mouth is quite different than the pH of beer. Oh, so that when you do a tasting, you're supposed to take a whole bunch in. Yeah, because otherwise the pH in your mouth, which is only about a four or so, will uh, yeah, change throw it. off the uh, taste of the beer. So you're really not getting the the, the taste as if you were drinking it regular. Wow, well, that's the first bit. proponent yeah. of it's drinking. Chug it, baby. Yeah, that's an interesting Gee, point. What can I say? Doc, how come you didn't come up with that? You're the med school guy. <laughs> I wasn't chugging. <laughs> I chugged and chugged and chugged. All right, it's the Brewing Network. we got Ralph Olson on the phone with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to grow your own hops at home with Ralph Olson from Hop Union. It's the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Brewcaster Jay here to talk to you about Hop Union. You know, Hop Union CBC is one of the leading wholesale hop distributors in the U.S. craft beer industry, with expertise in the business since 1978. Hop Union has over 60,000 square feet of warehouse that can hold over 1.4 million pounds of hops. And with at least 50 different hop varietals from all over the world to choose from, their own pelletizing facility, and every ounce of hops cold stored at or below freezing, Hop Union is the premier source for fresh, expertly processed pellet and whole hops. Homebrewers can purchase Hop Union's hops through Beer, Beer, and More Beer at www.morebeer.com. They carry a full line of hops from Hop Union. Wholesalers and craft beer professionals can contact Hop Union directly at www.hopunion.com or call 1-800-952-4873. That's 1-800-952-4873. For the absolute best and freshest hops and the most variety, Hop Union just can't be beat. You're listening to three guys. Excuse me, what about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl. Use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah! Yeah! We're here with Ralph Olson from Hop Union. And by the way, I don't know if I've made this clear to you guys. I want to make sure you know. Uh, I got a bunch of questions from you already, but just as an encouragement in case you really want to know something, Ralph is the guy. Like, he's the guy. When you go to your homebrew shops and you and you 
pick up those hops and, and you buy or you order them online and wherever you are, in, you know, in, in the U.S. It's where are you thinking you're getting these from? <laughs> they come from this guy. Uh, we were making a joke at the break. It, Chris Graham isn't out picking those hops that you find at V3. And he's not talking to German guys importing them straight over here. Ralph is the guy who goes out and, and brings these things back to you and then makes them available on a wholesale level. So uh, I just want you to know that. So if you really got questions about where this stuff comes from and, and what it's all about... Now's your time to ask because well, we got. He's like the. He knows his stuff, and yeah. that's why he knows what's good, what's bad, what's going out there. And yeah. Doc and I made a new shirt for you at the break, Ralph. Uh, <laughs> yes, we have decided that you are the. You're like the Colombian cartel of hops. Yes, yeah. so we're gonna have you and a pile of hops yeah. and just. <laughs> yeah. So you're next. Mang. You can go ahead and use this. I, I give these things away all the time because I'm an yes. idiot. Uh, your next shirt it should be like Hop Union, the Hop Cartel. You know, you can just the Hop Cartel. You know, the hop you guys, cartel. You're the Hop Cartel is what you are. You you're the be, OPEC of hops in America. Oh, yeah. Yep. All of your farm vehicles should be bulletproof. Ralph Montana. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we want to do with Ralph from Hop Union is talk about growing our own hops. And uh, we're hoping that you can transfer some of that uh, knowledge you have uh, professionally into growing our own hops. Uh, but first, we got to really quickly do our, our Paul Honor tasting. Right. Right? What we have here is our Paul Honor Oktoberfest, which, which is a Mertzen, of course. And Doc, by the way, filling in for Jamil on the tomorrow, Jamil show yep. tomorrow morning, is covering this style. Unless I wake up way hungover. So, yeah. I think you should just stay like right where you are now, all the way through the show tomorrow. Just, just stay at this level. You know what I'm then saying? Then I'm living here. <laughs> That's fine. Permanently. Daniela's making pasta. We got Sopranos on later. You're fine. No, I'm not work tomorrow. That's not a problem. It's my (laughs) wife that I'm not going back home. Call her up. She can come over, too. Kids sleep in my roommate's room. We'll kick him out. We'll work on that. All right, let's drink this beer real fast and get some flavors. This is one of the original Oktoberfests here from from Paul Honor. Is that right, Daniela? It's like like these are the guys who who make the good stuff. Paul Honor make good. Yeah, they definitely brew very good beer. It's a very popular Bavarian brewery, very traditional. Mm. It's been established for years and years and years. And they have a big, um, huge tent on the Oktoberfest, too. Okay. It's a great tent. A lot of party going on there. It's a good tent. You it showed things there, didn't you? <laughs> it's not like Well, I was break, young and I doc. needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's over. Um, so anyway, let's, let's go into this. It's a really... Malt forward type beer, huge malt. That's is that the typical to style, Doc? Yes, it's it's very much so. It's you really want to have a malt forward there. The hops are going to be just enough to balance the sweet maltiness. Yeah, uh, and it's also a very complex flavor. You don't want to have just a single malt layer on there. You you want to blend several different kinds of malt to get what you, where you're going to be at. And by the way, take Ralph's advice. Dump a whole bunch of that stuff in your mouth there when you're doing the tasting. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. I was also going to say I like Doc's analogy, but you could always use a little more hops in your beer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> now we're just getting ridiculous, Ralph. <laughs> just a thought. Yeah, no, just no. an idea. You know, t- do with it what you will. <laughs> it is very complex because, uh, Doc, I'm trying to figure out where it is on my palate that I can mention well, things, and I can't. It's it's very complex. Because it's it's the malt. Malt just powers your palate. Just goes all over it. And and it's is it too sweet? Is it too roasty? Is it this, that? And it's a lot of things. And that's okay. from, that's from mixing several different kinds of malt to get the malt base. Okay. 
Uh, you, you're not going to achieve this with one or even two kind of malts to do that. And by the way, Doc can't taste anything anymore. He nah, slammed nah, like five <laughs> beers before well, we had this one. You're still tasting it? Yeah, yeah. All right, so pick something then. Uh, we've said that it's complex. We've said that it's malty. Pick one thing out on your palate that you're getting out of this beer. You know, maybe where is the hop or, or something else? Well, the, the hops are just enough to balance. I don't even taste hops almost, yeah. but, but to the point where it cuts the sweetness. Okay. And that's the balance here. You want just enough hops so it's the multi sweetness doesn't come through and and be cloying on your palate. Does this taste sweet to you? Yes. But does it taste too sweet? Do no. You, does it taste it overly sweet? I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't taste like wort at all. It's no. not that sweet. Yeah. But if you smell it, it almost tastes like the brew day. I always like it when Doc does the show the, uh, <laughs> from the bottom of the glass. <laughs> Luke, I am your beer. <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you. I'll ask you then real quick, and, and we'll move on from it. Um, your typical five-gallon batch. Right. A, what's your starting gravity uh, About range? 1054 to 1056 is a good range. And then yeah. what would the total quantity of hops have been added to that batch? Well, you want to have a, a BU to GU ratio um, about 0.57. Okay. So it's about half. So if you're 1050, 1050 1056, you want to have in the, in the, the 25 IBU range, something like that. Okay. So in a batch, if you were to make it... It's a sweeter beer. How many ounces of hops? Depends on the hops. Ralph, help me here. Yeah. Well, pick, gallons, pick your favorite recipe. Gallons. If you were to brew a Mertz tomorrow... Um, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And, and how many ounces of hops are you putting in that? I'm going to do that tomorrow. He's not prepared. You can talk about it now. You're going to do the whole thing tomorrow. Ounce and a quarter. Probably. About an ounce and a half. Yeah. Ralph, you hate this style, don't you? I have a hard time. I do a little home brewing. I'm dangerous because you know how old it is to try to put an ounce and a half? Yeah. <laughs> Ralph, uh, you're like my long-lost brother. I have that problem. This yeah. is this is not a mall or a hop-forward kind of beer. Ralph, Ralph do you end up with like a gallon of liquid left over? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday when I was brewing and, and I put in uh, four ounces of hops, I had trouble stopping there. <laughs> I was like, could that really be enough? Every time it's less than <laughs> two ounces with you, yeah. you have a problem. Uh, you're talking per edition. <laughs> it's a problem. If it's less than two ounces but per hop edition, I, I got a problem. I see your face going, I have all this left. Yeah. I bought four ounces. And that's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Oh, and by I the way. smoke it. But uh, by I, the way, Graham, you got to talk to your guys there at B3. Uh, because, uh, is it you guys? Do you do you do the individual packaging when you when I go buy two yes, ounces? Yes, they do. I'm you not going to comment on that because uh, <laughs> they're hey, they're just they're giving away the farm. I bought a two ounce bag. There's at least three and a half ounces well, in that thing. Well, that's quite a bit. But we usually teach the guys when they're doing. You know, the weights on there, that, that's ridiculous. I don't know what happened there. I think yeah. John was just kind of feeding you a little extra on the side. <laughs> I'm going to blame that. No, I, but, I had the bag, and it said two ounces on it, and I've brewed twice with it, an ounce each, and there's still a bunch left in there. Well, I'd check your scale. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. <laughs> it, no, I did. I did. Like I Jamil said about that scale. Yeah, it's, yeah. Can you weigh cocaine on that scale? <laughs> if you can't weigh cocaine, it's no good for hops. Is that true, Ralph? <laughs> I'd say that's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. I am like Ralph's favorite uh, type of brewer, because 
because I'm hops all over the place. And the Martin Brewer is Ralph's like arch enemy. He hates that guy. He doesn't buy enough hops. Right. <laughs> yeah. Justin would probably fly to your house just to get his own stash. <laughs> I, I would just to smell the aroma. I would love... You guys have, what'd you tell me, like 60,000 square feet or something of warehouse? Yes. Yes. Can you imagine, Doc, how nice it smells inside oh, that warehouse? Oh, I need a sleeping warehouse? bag and just stay in there. Oh. When, you, when you have a new warehouse with brand new hops that just come in, yeah. think of like fresh break uh, bread. Yeah. Hops are doing the same type of thing. They're just all the, uh, oh, the uh, uh, oils are coming off, and it's just the effervescence in a warehouse. It's incredible. Yeah, that's great. I think Justin just wet himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew this uh, idiot up at University of Oregon who uh, drove a, what was that, an 89 Volvo station wagon uh-huh. with no seals left <laughs> and going to college and, let's not say his name, Chris Graham. I mean, he was just an <laughs> idiot. Yeah. And so this car got so moldy through college and everything, and I loved hops, so I decided a hop potpourri bag in, on the rearview mirror was Great like a idea. cool idea. You yeah. know, two ounces of whole hops sure. swishing around by what, your face. What's that look like? Yeah, until you get pulled over. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> about in two days in the hot sun? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's about the most nasty smell yeah. you've ever had. I am and it doesn't, it doesn't go away No, either. no. <laughs> well, what's better than you, the moldy Volvo smell? <laughs> I'm just picturing you really trying to convince the cop. Uh, no, I swear, officer, it's ho- I'm a brewer. It's hops. <laughs> you, you think I was a chick magnet, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. funny at that Brewfest, you have samples out, and you'll see the police officers walking by, and every once in a while look, by, look at what you got, you can tell they walk back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> They're going, hmm, I don't know. This <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's a great cover. I wish that when it's I was free, in, officer. It's yeah. free. First one's free. I tell you, I wish that when I was into all, uh, all that kind of stuff, I was into brewing, but I wasn't, because it uh, could have gotten me out of trouble a couple of times, I would have thought. Okay, let's get to the good stuff while we got Ralph here. We don't need to waste this man's time. And uh, we got uh, a lot of how we grow it ourselves questions, Ralph, yes. uh, from our listeners. So Can I, can I start this discussion? Please do. Uh, the one, all you guys out there who are going to not buy hops for the rest of your life because you're going to grow your own hops, <laughs> quit now. Yeah. <laughs> I hear this Very every good. day. <laughs> It's it's too, it's just too much work, isn't it? It's it's a science in and of well, itself, and we'll let Ralph talk about you it. You don't even have to just grow it. You have to kiln it, yeah. dry it, and then send it up to Ralph so he can do the alpha acid test on it. <laughs> yeah, I had that question for you, too. I'll be asking you later. Yeah, the first, and you hit it right on the head. What you want to do is grow hops to the enjoyment of growing hops. If you do that, you're going to do fine. If you're going to try to make production out of it, you're going to be a sad boy. And, and Ralph's going to come in a Nighthawk helicopter and burn you down, too. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Keeps that patent level down. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let me start it out here, because I had a question emailed into me from a listener for you. Mm-hmm. And he says he's not going to be able to listen live tonight, so he had a question to put in ahead of time. He says, currently I'm living in a townhouse in Southern California with a back patio that gets a good deal of afternoon, early evening sun. I would like to start growing my own hops, but I'm going to be moving within the next year. So I want to put the hops in planters so that they'll be portable. So the question is, how big should the planters be? Do I need half barrels or half that size? I already have some fairly large pots. Uh, would that be sufficient? Um, and he basically wants to know, you know, how, how much of a root system is he planning for here? Right, right. Yeah, you you want to have as big a pot as you can do, and there's a couple of reasons. For one thing, in the naturally, they're going to try to do a tap root as far as three feet down in the ground. And so, you know, 
you're not going to have a plot that's going to be that big. Wait, wait, are, are you better. saying you put the 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 rhizome three feet underground? No, 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 no. no. It, the, it sends it's the root goes three feet. Okay, it, it sends okay. shoots up and it's yeah. a tap root down three feet down. Okay, yeah. I'm with you. And that's so what a lot of uh, a lot of people who do pot their hops tell us later on that yeah. it sent one down and, and naturally you drill holes in the bottom of your plant right or through. anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right down into your ground. Oh, interesting. Well, that's one thing that Chris told me is how aggressive these hops are even if you plant them in a barrel yeah it's going to try to get outside the barrel and <laughs> once it's that you're done okay all right yeah, sorry to cut you off you, i just want to make sure i'm on the same page hops for life yeah the larger the largest you could do the better now with that being said the other thing to keep in mind is you know they get bigger every year you know because they're a perennial uh plant okay and you know if it gets too big at one point you just you know uh, dig it back up, uh, replant part of it, or, or get a new plant. You know, right. Start it over. Okay. Sell your friend rhizomes. Yes. Which brings me to the second part of his question, then. Uh, is there a significant difference between a regular rhizome and a jumbo rhizome? And he means especially in relation to the output in their first year in the ground. And I've never heard of a jumbo rhizome, so I don't know if, if he's just talking about one larger than another or... Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Okay. And, and, and there's times when, and and out there in in, in in the fields, we'll sometimes get bigger ones than others. A lot of times, a bigger rhizome will be the result of actually trying to create, make rhizomes during the year. Basically, what is a rhizome? It's not a root. We call it a root and stuff, but it's a difference. A root is the part underneath that, that's bringing up the nutrients and stuff. Rhizome is te- technically an underground stem. It's going to become eventually part of the stalk that comes up out of the ground, becomes part of the vine, which is part of the plant. Um, so it's a different material than the, than the typical root. Well, that vine, a lot of times in the summer, if they know they're going to need material, they'll lay they'll lay part of the vines down, the, or they'll they'll cover them up with uh, dirt. They'll go by the tractor and just they call it's called hilling, the hop uh, the hop field uh, where the hop uh, plants are, and it'll that should be, uh, form a lot of rhizomes. And then when you dig it up. They'll have a lot of material should they want to start planting some that same uh, variety in other fields. Okay. Uh, naturally, a lot of times hops, some varieties in particular, aren't real adept at just naturally creating a lot of rhizomes. So sometimes you know you have to get what you get. You know, I go out to the farmer and we like when we sell some. You know, you may have to just take what you got. Um, they may not always be the biggest because they may not have been trying to grow them for rhizomes. Okay. Um, and that's basic. So it really depends on what's the guy trying to do. It's the plant itself. With that, now the question he asks is would it create a bigger plant? And maybe, yeah, maybe no. It depends on the plant a lot. Some plants are just naturally a lot more aggressive than others. Okay. Uh, like a Cascade or a Chinook. Uh, uh, it's going to be a real aggressive plant, and, and it's going to get pretty big. Even a small cascade rhizome would probably grow fairly well once it gets started, whereas you could have a big, say, uh, Sterling or Hallertau or Golding or something of that nature. Yeah, they're still going to take quite a while to grow because they just don't have that mass to them, even when they're mature. Okay. So if uh, someone's trying to sell him, what's the big one? The jumbo. The, the jumbo for extra money. Is it really, is it really worth it? Is it? Should he spend that? Is it going to grow better? Really what you want to look at, and it, it might be okay. It really depends on the plant it came from. You know, like I say, some plants are going to have naturally bigger ones than others, so you you, you got to be careful. Really what you want to look at on a rhizome is what condition is that root in. And mainly what you're looking at is the eyelets that are coming out, which are going to become part of the vine. Uh, if they're all broken off, 
and no good, or there aren't any on it, it's not going to produce anything. So I've heard um, I've heard it needs to look like a potato that's been in your cupboard too long, kind of like with the eyelets starting to sprout. Yes. Oh yeah. And and the more of that, the better. The more of that, the better. But when they get longer, you got to be real careful even planting them because you break them off. That's the that's oh, the yeah. new that's the new vine. It's technically called a vine coming up out of the ground. Okay. You know? So that's a good. It's important not to break those. So you want to have you want to have a just just kind of starting and recognize what that little nub is. Yeah. So once they're once once a kind of customer gets them, how long can they store them? What's the best way to store them? Good question. Best, best way to store them is in a refrigerator or something that's cold but not freezing. Okay. Uh, in in nature, they can do pretty good at freezing, but they're covered in the ground. That brings up another thing where we're talking about the potted plants. People in the northern uh, states they need to bring those in in the winter because you're exposing that root uh, to the, to the cold. Uh, where where they're in the ground, you have a little protection in the soil itself. Um, so if they're in the ground, they can leave them all year long. They can leave them and, all year and long. They'll, they'll yeah. crop back up, but uh, in a planter, it's going to have more freeze problems. Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, the way you want to keep them, in a, keep them in a fridge, you keep them quite a while, you'll, they'll start getting a little soft on you and stuff. You really want to look at them if they're starting to get too much mold. They're going to get some mold because you've got to keep them a little moist, you know. Do you want to uh, put that so little piece of sponge in there? You can put a little sponge or just a little water, like a little a, a wet cloth, you know, or a piece of paper, you know, a, a napkin or something with a little uh, moisture. A Ziploc, about a Ziploc or Saran Wrap? Ziploc or something, but, but have it maybe where, you know, you're checking it and opening it so it's not just sitting in there dripping within itself. Oh, yeah. Because no, some of us are a lot, lot more south than, you know, Willamette yeah. and things. You want to keep it damp, not super, you know. Uh, not so moist that it's dripping inside the bed. Is it a better idea for certain people to get it in in earth, like meaning in a planter, say they're up in Fargo and they can't plant for, mm-hmm. you know, two more months? Hmm. Is it yes. better to, to plant it in a small planter inside? It wouldn't hurt to do that. That'd actually get it a good start, and uh, you could put them in uh, fairly small pots, you know, just to do that, and then, and then take them out, you know, like a half gallon or something of that nature. Okay. We've actually grown them that way. So with that being said, then, let me use myself uh, as an example because I tend to be a lazy bastard. And um, Not you. <laughs> when I bought my rhizomes last year and planted them, I bought them and they sat in my fridge for almost three weeks before I planted them. And they were fine. And I had the little piece of wet cloth in there, and I kept them refrigerated the whole time, and they grew like mad. So everything was fine at, at about, like, between two and three weeks. Um, how long could I have waited? You know, when am I getting into trouble if I'm not putting it in a planter to, to hold They're on? They're pretty resilient. You go a long time. I had some that, you know, I just kept around uh, that probably I'd had sitting in, in my cold room for three months. And they still would work, but they start getting, you know, they get, they start getting pretty uh, punky. They get soft. Okay. Yeah, what it's doing is it's, uh, it's, it's the reserves in that rhizome that's making the, making the eyes or the, or the, the brine right. grow. And eventually, it's using that reserve all up. You know. So imagine that uh, baked potato that's been in your cupboard for a while. Yeah. You got some newer ones and some older ones. I'm glad you bring that up. Is that a bad thing to do? Can you just on your potatoes? I'm talking. Can you just pull those spores off and cook it, or is it is it bad when? Yeah, you, yeah, you can. You can pull them off. They're fine. It's fine still, right? Yeah, you, you pull the this eyes off. This is a different show, if, but <laughs> yeah. What if they're real long? Fine, pull them off. It's still fine. You can still eat that potato. You know, 
it's only a short ride away. Just go get some more <laughs> potatoes. Exactly. But the thing with with rhizomes, you, you can't do that. Okay. <laughs> Don't pull you know, off those. In fact, those. in that rhizome, that that, that, that that white part that's coming up to become the vine, yeah. over in Europe, they'll actually grow those in uh, in buildings that are uh, there's no light in them, and they'll grow them in sawdust, and and they'll get those quite long. Yeah. And then and then they dig them up and they clean them and cut them, and it's a delicacy. Uh, just the vine is. Yeah. No just, kidding. It's just those yeah. first sprouts. Have you ever yeah. had one? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, what's it like? Tastes like nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's makes when a nice salad with some salad dressing. I think that's when you say chicken. Everything, it's supposed to, everything that tastes like nothing <laughs> is supposed like to chicken, taste like yeah. chicken. <laughs> yeah, no, you could, uh, they don't, they don't taste bad. They're not, they're not bad. They're actually pretty nice. The problem is sometimes once they get out of the ground, they start that chlorophyllic action pretty fast. Okay. So they're going to turn green. And, and, uh, sometimes you'll see hop shoots for sale, but they're really, they're really not what they use over in Europe. There, they're actually using the white material and, uh, you have to. I tell you, if you ever dig, I've had uh, different uh, chefs call me up and want me to send them this material in the dirt, trying to clean that off. It's impossible. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I bet you don't like doing that. <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> well, like right. Ra- what Ralph says, uh, you know, if it's been around for a while, it's going to use all its reserves, and the skin's going to get wrinkly. It's going to get kind of nasty looking. Yeah. Yes. So you want, and when you plant it after that, when you plant it, it's not going to be. So, so vigorous. So vital. What was her Vigorously. Word? Vigorously, yeah. yeah. It won't grow so vigorously. <laughs> what's, uh. what's the, how do you say it, Daniela? Vigorously. No, vigorously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard Viagra in that one. <laughs> Always have to have the part but, of the uh, you want to get it. Corner. You want to get it in the ground fairly soon so it's, it'll have all its reserves and want to sprout for you. Yeah, the other okay. thing that a lot of people do is, and, and typically with home, Home people that they'll put one in or so. We put in our little newsletter. You know, maybe you want to plant at least two because you know they don't always live. It's like any plant. You know, there's a lot of things that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, I, commercially, a lot of times they'll actually put uh, four to six in. That's Justin. <laughs> Justin <laughs> needs four to six. No, that's not true. I only planted two, and they both grew like mad. I, I do have a green thumb, Doc. It's one thing that uh, I will I will say that I'm good at around here, and that's growing things, uh, whether it be penicillin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 saw your, I saw your aquariums. Yeah, they're not mine. Those aren't mine. Um, they're still green. You know, I, it's interesting that you, that you bring it up, too, though, that, that some are just, just aren't going to make it. I got a friend who, it doesn't matter how many rhizomes he plants, his dog eats every one of them. His <laughs> dog, for some reason, can smell them out. He goes out there and finds them, digs up every one, and eats them. You, you I thought that would kill a dog. Well, no, you can't. You can't use. Uh, they're still rhizomes. But you can't use bone meal for free fertilizer. I think it's bone <laughs> that dig it all is. up. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that, that's a good question that you brought up. There supposedly was a dog that was killed that was had an allergic reaction to that. Yeah, there was a whole news report thing. Yeah, and, one dog. And, you know, you try to find the source of it, and you really couldn't get anything. Direct out of it, very very difficult. But that they were trying to say that the source is that you you shouldn't give dogs beer because hops are toxic to dogs, yeah. right? That was the story. Right. You haven't heard it since, have you? No, they did. They shut there right up go. about End that. End story, isn't it? Although you know, there's a website out there. I'll find it for you guys so I could tell you. Um, but it's beer for dogs. It's how to make beer for your dog. Dogs love that. beer. And you got to make it non-alcoholic. And according to this website, you got to make it non-hoppy, too, because they, they're claiming on the website that hops are toxic I to dogs. I think they were adding a little bit of hops, but very, very like, little. ancillary okay. background. So yeah. no alcohol for the dog, no cousin for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right. That's how, that's how I've always lived. Yeah, yeah the biggest the 
biggest thing with animals is to get them used to the uh, bitterness of the hops. Uh, for example, with extract, they have the material left over, and they mix that in uh, and use it as cattle feed. All right. And the cattle do have to get used to it a little bit, but once they do it, they love it. They love right. it. Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's like people and beer. You didn't grow up loving the taste of beer. You had to get a little used to it, and now look at us. We can't uh, can't get off it's this an adult stuff. beverage. All right. I think this is a good point, then, to start talking about soil. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about containers and different places that you can put it. Uh, I've got two questions I'll throw at you. Uh, yes. One of them is about, you know, what the pH should be. Yes. And then the other one is, can the root system grow through a clay type of dirt? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, typically um, your pH, like we have a thing, we, we, we say 6 to 7.5, so it's a pretty wide range. Okay. They actually can even grow beyond that if you if you want. So, But that's typically where you want to have it. Um, they could be pretty resilient. The biggest problem with clay that I, would, that I would be more concerned with on the front side is that it doesn't have good drainage. You want to have uh, hops need drainage. And what, a lot of people lose hops in the first year when they're at their weakest um, is because they get waterlogged. Uh, they basically drown. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's so a- you, you want to have good drainage away. Um, so I would say if you've got a lot of clay in there, you'd want to dig some of that out and put in some good, you know, even mix them with some sand. Yeah. Well, that, and, that's and one of the big things in, in, the, in the Bay Area is it's all clay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what's the main uh, soil composition that you got up there? Up in Yakima. In Yakima, we actually got three different growing areas, and we got three different soils. We kind of have a, a clayish type soil in what's called the Moxie region. We have a very rocky soil in what's called the uh, reservation area, and we have a sandy soil uh, in what's called our lower valley. Okay. And, and all three create different conditions for for the hops somewhat, but they all uh, live and survive in that quite well. Uh, do certain um, do certain hops grow better in certain areas? Yes, uh, they do. Uh, what I find is I consider most aroma hops in, in Yakima grow really well in the Moxie area. The soil being clay uh, doesn't get hot as fast. Plus, it's, a, it's the coolest area of the three. It has, it's down uh, average temperature is about 2 to 3 degrees uh, uh, cooler than the other two areas. Uh, so I think it's really good for growing um, uh, aroma hops. The other good area for growing aroma hops that I get quite a few out of is in the Willamette Valley, Oregon. Oh yeah. Again, it's a little different, a uh, little different weather conditions, a little more humid, doesn't get quite so hot. A, a lot of aroma hops are kind of what I call wispy. They don't like to be too extreme uh, 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 things put on them. And that was the problem with the Ultra. They were grown in uh, some areas that were a little more extreme, and it didn't didn't uh, produce as a result. One okay. of the areas was the reservation. The second area I told you about, the rocky area. Yeah. Great area for growing high alpha hops. Uh, the, the, they can fertilize it. Hops are very heavily fertilized. The hop, the fertilizer goes through and goes through the rocks and on out, so they don't. it doesn't hang in. It does its thing and moves on. Uh, Creates some really good alphas. Uh, the, the lower valley, which is the sandy area, which is real hot, uh, can do fine, but they have to really work the soil a little bit. Dries okay. out real fast. What about uh, what about elevation? Uh, you, you know, when you mention Willamette, Willamette's almost at sea level, right? In fact, it might yeah. be at sea level. And then you guys up in the desert, are, you're a little higher up there. We're at about a thousand foot. Oh, so not here. too high so anyway. We're not very high. But hops have been—they find them up in the mountains, you know, six, seven thousand feet, wherever. Okay. They're growing wild. They can be uh, um, anywhere. 
but yeah, we're not very we're not very high here either. I'd say Willamette Valley is probably 500 feet or something. It's not very high. Okay. Mention the pH of the soil just real quickly once again. Yeah. Yeah, probably six to seven and a half is your optimum. It's probably okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty wide range, really. You okay. Know. And Most it, soils are going to be in that. You know, be um, in that. Most of the time, you got to worry about drainage. Yeah, and that, that's the number one yeah. thing. Yes. I'm gl- glad you said that. That's exactly what I wanted to recap too. Is just to make sure that's actually one of the reasons that I chose to put mine in planters. Uh, one uh, because I don't own my home and I'm going to have to leave and would love to take my little dudes with me. Uh, so I put in planters for that. But also, I've got terrible drainage uh, on most of the places in my property, and I've got that heavy clay soil too. So I knew that I would want to mix up that clay with, with some other soil. Uh, what I ended up doing was just putting them in, in planters because you can guarantee awesome drainage obviously with the holes in the bottom of a planters but it is really important uh, and and like ralph was saying a lot of problems that people will have with hops is actually flooding them they'll they'll end up just sitting in their own water down there and it's not going to grow and like mold that. and mold right? and mold once the, once they're a year two three years old uh, they're a lot stronger and bigger plant. They can withstand that a lot more. But in their first year in particular, they're very susceptible to that. So I'm going to s- uh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say the other things you probably want to consider if you're growing that I would say, aside from good drainage, you, you know, if you could have them in a, in, a, in a sunny area, normally they like they like plenty of sun. Okay. You know, fold at least partial. You don't want them in the shade necessarily. Right. Uh, the other thing that you want to do is keep the area down around the base weed free. Okay. Keep it down. keeps a lot of the insects and disease and pests and molds from getting into the plant. In fact, some people will strip the bottom leaves up the first foot or so you know, to just make even less uh, a material for, for insects to, to uh, latch oh, onto. At, at what point uh, do you want to cut them back? You're for talking the about the leaves? Well, or? when you're done with the season. Oh, okay. And yeah. Typically, typically what you could do, you know, in, in nature, they don't, you know, of course they just... They stay there and then they grow around the top. Right. Think of them as like a tree with tree sap. Yeah. You know, and all that material is going back into the root. So you definitely want that thing to be pretty dead before you cut it. If you want to give that root all that all that material to uh, go through the winter with. So yeah, mine are still there. So pretty much yeah. wait till they die out. They are. Mine are, are literally still there. <laughs> you are I, a fact, living proof laziness. I, yeah, ones. absolutely. And I just, yeah. in fact, went out the other day. The wild method. I took 35 seconds and actually just broke off this the the bottom right at the right at the soil. I figured it might be time to do that. So Justin's the wild thing. But I like right. that I find time and time time again that my laziness is it's it's it, it pays off because if you guys were listening, Ralph just said that organic matter is good for the soil. Dude, that's natural selection. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that's, that's why a, you're saliva. Laziness and natural selection—they go hand in hand. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> those two things are perfect together. That's why you're talking on the radio right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, how about this? When you just start to get your growth, anybody who's tried to grow hops, and those of you who have not yet, when you plant your rhizome, you're going to notice that. You can get anywhere from two to, I don't even know, five sprouts coming out of there, maybe more. Okay, so the question is, Ralph, how many of those do you want to keep? How many vines do you want to grow from one rhizome? Keep them all. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've, heard, you, we've heard a lot of things heard, like trim them yeah, back. Trim them back. This yeah. That, right. right. Okay, you want me to tell you the rest of the story? Exactly. Yeah, please yes. do. Okay. okay, first of all, there's two factors you got to look at. If you do prune a plant back... You prune the whole plant back, and that's because it's coming up too early in the year. And especially, like if you have a real warm uh, winter, 
in, in spring, your plant might be coming up too soon. Now, this is on a, think on a commercial basis, okay? So they'll go back and just, they'll just, uh, prune the whole field back. And it's basically going over the top of them with a, a machine that looks like a giant lawnmower. And, and because you don't want them up too soon, because then they'll try to form their cones too soon, and then, it, then they're not ready at the proper time for picking. And we have the crews out there. Um, as far as letting them up, some people used to say only let two or three up the up the vine. Yeah, why that, did they, why the did they say thing, that? Yeah. Why why do we do that? And some people do about that. I, I think it has up. to do like let the strongest ones. That's up. the theory uh, is let the nutrients go to the big guys. Yeah. Now what what it is is from picking. The more material you have in there when it goes through the picking machine, yeah. the harder it is to get to the cones. So it doesn't transfer to the to the home grower so, at all. No. There you go. No, it's more so a commercial you, thing. Okay. You know, and yeah, it, that's what started it. Yeah, it makes it easier to pick when you have less uh, binds through a picking machine. See now, I'm the, now you got me thinking, Ralph. Which I mm. I hate you for that. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> he well, does, he because, does not like that. Let me have it, another drink. <laughs> yeah, if you would please. Uh, it makes a lot of. It, here's what ha- here's what I was thinking. The first argument that Doc and I were just talking about makes sense to me that you want the nutrients to go to the strong guys and. It, I, just thinking logically, it makes sense. But, but now that you're saying, Ralph, that you can let them grow, it also makes sense to me. There's a hell of a lot of nutrients sick. in that soil. Like, w- why is it only going to go to one vine so and not the other? It's like we don't safety need, in numbers. We don't need to thin the herd. You don't need to thin the herd because yeah, they're going right. to do their own thing, right? Plus, it's going to be bushier and it's prettier. Yeah, that's that's true. Bush. So. Which is important, especially <laughs> to the, us folks in San Francisco, Ralph. Yes, I'll tell you push. right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to tell you guys what I love about doing this show is when you get guys like this in here that dispel the myth, and like all of a sudden, you know, it's this common thing that everybody knows, right? And you get a guy in here who knows what he's talking about, and he goes, "Floofa to that." It's like, myth- it doesn't make sense. It's MythBusters. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we're, awesome. like, we're the MythBusters of, of brewing. Busters. Yeah. <laughs> a niche and a niche and a niche. Because really, uh, Ralph, almost everything... You called me for a reason. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, because almost everything you read about growing your own hops at home, and, and I mean this, I'm talking... Uh, yeah. In fact, I don't... Which I is what, all two articles? Yeah, one and yeah. a half. Uh, <laughs> they all say, cut off, only keep, don't keep more than two. Is basically it's, yeah. that's about the standard that they say. Don't keep more than two. But you're saying it only it, it only matters if you're so if you're going to harvest uh, tens of thousands of plants. We didn't interrupt yeah, or if dinner you wanted for to nothing. keep it a little more manageable. You yeah. know, if you got a small area, you're trying to make it go up. Maybe you want it, and it'll it'll it's like it's like doing roses or whatever. We had my wife. We were just talking about those today about cutting the centers out. Well, the more you thin them out, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt them to do it, but it doesn't hurt to just let them go either. Yeah, I mean, you know. Um, it, but the real reason that they started only planting that many was because they go through a mechanical picker, which uh, if you've ever seen one, it it's basically goes through a squeeze-like chamber, and there's little inverted Vs that are stripping the cones off. Well, if you got all kinds of material there, those Vs, the inverted Vs that are stripping the cones can't get in there. Okay. Simple as that. It's too big a material. I gotcha. All right, I'm not cutting anything back this year. Although I don't know if it's going to grow. Right, that's, that's just added to your laziness. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I'm the other thing. It's the other thing I love about this show. I'm telling you, more and more I find out that laziness pays off, man. Every time. Hey, not let all mine go up. <laughs> you do, Ralph? You let yours just grow, right? Yeah, and then I let my wife cut them back when yeah. it's time. <laughs> this, is, this is what I just wanted to say. You can't be lazy because you have me yeah. to cover your back. What I say a little earlier, I told you that Ralph's like my long-lost brother. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like. So Daniela, those hops look really ripe right about now. Yeah. Get to work. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, how about this, Ralph? And uh, I had a little problem with aphids myself. Yes. I ended up using an organic spray that mm-hmm. that worked. It's uh, organic sprays, by the way, folks. Uh, they're they're basically soaps. Uh, they they just pre-formulate a soap, so you could make it yourself if you if you made your own soap solution. the The great thing about them is that they're organic, and they, you're not putting a bunch of chemicals around your plants and soil. The tough part about them is how frequently you actually have to add them to the plant because you put the soap on, it does its job, it it, it then uh, uh, evaporates, and you got to do it again, which is different with chemicals. Chemicals tend to linger. So uh, to you, Ralph, is uh, the, the question from a listener was how you can keep Japanese beetles off, and then my question is about the aphids as well. Yeah, and, and, and one of the things to keep in mind, and everybody likes to do everything organic, and uh, hop farmers try to be as organic as possible, but you have to remember hops are not an organic-friendly plant. That's probably the first thing to think about. You grow, people say, because you, you're basically going every year from ground zero, they grow up to 24, 25 feet. Yeah. You know, we have montrelises that are 18 foot high, and they go at an angle, so they hit them at about 19 uh, or so. That's a lot of new inoculum coming in all the time. What's inoculum? Uh, Sorry. You know, new material, new, yeah, new okay. fresh material, because they'll grow like in a, during their vegetative stage. You know, they they can grow a foot in a day. Yeah. And, but they're not just growing up; they're growing out. So the minute you put your safe soap on or or, or product you use, right, you got new material there for that's all fresh. It doesn't even have anything on it within within hours. Excellent point. You know, yeah. um, and, and, and that's and then by the time it stops growing, the thing's so big it's hard to spray it all because it's uh yeah. you know, there's so many different angles to things. So it's, it's really feet high. not a friendly plant to uh, try to go organic. And we've had people we have people now, uh, one of my partners is trying to do it that way, but it's very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, Certain varieties are more susceptible to any given disease or pests than others. Right. In your case, it sounds like it would be a Chinook or a Cascade or something you're probably growing. Correct. It was a Cascade. Uh, see, there you go. That's the Achilles heel of Cascade is aphid. <laughs> they you, love it. It's a little, you got a, a crystal ball there with you, Ralph? <laughs> huh? You got a crystal yeah. ball or something? I just, I just kind of know these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I was able to contain the problem. But yes. but you're right. That was the strain, and it's you know when you read about hops, look at one of the things that they tell you, and and this is why people encourage homebrewers to grow hops. They're such a hardy hardy plant that it's hard to it's hard to kill them. It's a weed in in essence, right? But the one thing that they say they tend to be susceptible to because they're not susceptible to so many other things is bugs. So it it is an interesting point that you say it's tough to be an organic hop grower. Yes. You know, because the one thing that threatens them the most is is the bugs like that. So Yeah, and there's so much new material every day growing on those plants. And, yeah. And, and bugs love fresh new material. Right. And so you're, you're it's just it's it's going now now when you're talking about aphid the the aphid that hits it is is kind of um uh for uh, specific to hops it overwinters in uh in prune trees. So if you have like thundering plums or or anything like that, that's probably where your source is coming from too. Not saying you can get rid of them, but like I got two thundering plum trees. I just put some uh, material around the roots, uh, the base of those two trees to keep them from uh, producing any aphids, which of course they would then transfer over to my hop plants. Later. Okay, gotcha. I got a guy, a listener, who came in and said uh, that he uses star sand for aphids on his roses. Um, what about what about wow. using that on hops? That's a you know yeah because it's yeah. A soap. he's talking about soap and yeah. yeah Charlie it's mentioned that last week yeah he did uh, oh he did about yeah. using yeah. a aphid yeah we talked about that and spray it on yeah he was yeah, as long as you, any kind of soap aphid doesn't like they, that's the probably the best thing to fight them yeah 
couple other main things. Spider mite will get into uh, certain plants, and and they are susceptible to uh, a form of powdery mildew and uh, downy mildew. Those are probably the worst uh, things that we have to contend with on a commercial basis. Okay. So if you had to ask or tell somebody, you know, their first hops to grow, yes, what would probably be your your best recommendation, uh, variety, and what to use it for? Good From question. a varietal standpoint, the easiest ones and, and ones that would probably be the, the ones that I'd say you'd probably just do, I'd say you'd probably uh, Cascade, uh, Chinook, um, probably Nugget, and Willamette would be the four easiest the hardiest ones, and and they're also a little bit less subject to the mildews and mm-hmm. stuff, especially like you know in the San Francisco area where it might be a little more a uh, little more moist. Yeah. Uh, so I I think all around that they're pretty hardy plant and fairly good uh, fighting everything. Um, the Chinook and 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 like say Cascade Achilles heel would be the uh, uh, the bugs. What do we just the bugs and yeah. the aphids. And how the aphids. How about the nugget would be the spider mite. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and uh, well, lamb, it's kind of, eh, it's, it's a little bit all around kind of good both that way. So how kinda, about, how about if we did, yeah, how about if we didn't know the alpha acid content on then? Uh, Best thing to do is to take an average of probably what it is, and then and then use it use a little extra in your in your crew kettle because it's going to be lower than the average commercial one, isn't it? Probably and and treated as such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, to get it tested, if a person was really interested, we do test it, and we do have some people that send us samples. But you really have to send them correctly, and we have to get them. And they're they're like thirty five dollars a sample. You know, okay. so it's, a, it's a little costly, but I had several. Be, for the guy who really wants is really curious, we could do it. Okay, I did have several questions about that. One you sort of answered. Maybe you could just do it again real quickly. Mm-hmm. It was you know to get a good alpha acid count. How do you guesstimate? And you're mm-hmm. saying, what, take the average of what, let's say Cascade. You take mm-hmm. the average of what Cascade would be, and then you probably knock a couple points off of that? I would say a Cascade is going to be typically about a 5 to a 7. I think if you used around a 5, 5.5, you'd probably be pretty close. Yeah, I was going to okay. say 5 to 5.5. You know, well, well, I mean, but you got to consider moisture content too, right? Yeah, what, that's after, you, that's after you, you're going to dry them down. Um, to, you know, what you got to do as a, as a guy doing it at home, if you're going to dry them for you, Brew them, you know, they, they're, they're about 80% moisture uh, when they're about right to pick, and you need to dry them down about 8-10%. So you do that quick And if, and if or you're slow? not, if you're going to use, if you're going to use them just wet, yeah, you know, which is just off there and put them right in your brew kettle, which of course you call the fresh hops. Yeah, you need you need to account for that, and you probably get typically what we tell them, you're going to get some drying action in the process about. Go about at least five, six times as much. Okay. So if you're using if you're using uh, two ounces of uh, dried, you'd, you'd want to, you know, five, ten to twelve ounces of wet at least. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Uh, so you're saying now because there's the other question is how to calculate it exactly that if people really wanted to know they could send it to you. Is that a service that you guys charge for or? Yes. You do. So people can pay you to tell them the alpha acid of their hops. Yes, they Pandora's do box. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's called. Uh, we we have. It's another one of my companies, RMV Enterprises. Oh, okay. I'm I'm the R. My wife Vicky, and it's uh, RNV. I, I smell a, nice. I smell a little giveaway here. Yeah. A uh, hop test well, giveaway. Yeah, maybe we maybe uh, we could Ralph. We could maybe give a listener a hop analysis giveaway. 
Yes. Where uh, you'll test their homegrown hops for them. They'll send them in. That kind of thing. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I love Ralph being well, ever the businessman. Every time Doc just, pitches him this giveaway thing, it, Ralph listens intently and yes. then just sort of says, mm -hmm, yeah, well, we could talk. <laughs> like, whereas me, uh, again, I'll, I'll use myself as the dummy. I'm like, oh, what a great idea. Let's give something no. else away. Well, I, I think it, uh, maybe, it doesn't have to be like maybe one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, if someone, if we had someone that wanted to send in one or something, or if we set up a a deal where uh, we only we got some in together, say through you guys or yeah. something, we could do a special thing. Okay. Or if you had a half a dozen, we'd probably just run them. That's a, I don't want. The problem is also you get about a thousand. Remember my exactly. wife? No, my no. Wife it it, it would be one or two, I mean, a special kind of thing. Some guy yeah. he's he's babied his own hops the, his yeah. whole season, <laughs> and he loves these things, and he wants to know from the professional what is it, what does he have, and yeah. you're, you're the guy to tell him. That's the guy. All right, yeah, we'll we talk about that. that, Rob. Maybe we can do a little a setup and giveaway like that. We can do, that. We can like do a that. special for him. Okay, that'd be cool to do. Otherwise, don't bother the poor man. All right. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it has to be through us. Yeah, sure. And you're right. We'll do that. We'll we'll set that up with you, Ralph. I would say can. if you guys could set up something and do it through you. Yeah. And and do it to where you know they're coming in as a uh, and, and we could set up how it was how it would be done. Okay. If people want to do that, maybe we could and you and you set them all in as a group. Type of thing or something like that. Right. Um, I was we thinking, might be able to, you know, say do them for half that price. I was, okay. I was thinking just like two or three people, maybe at the max. And if you had two or three, and you want to make a contest? Yeah. Of it? Basically, yeah. yeah a contest. I'd be happy. We'd have be your... happy to say that we'd run those for free as oh, a contest. Cool. Yeah. The two or three. I just don't want to run a thousand of them. No, like, no, no. I no, do no. have to talk to my wife about it. You, know? you sissy. Since she's <laughs> since she's running them, you know. Yeah. Um, no, she's got lots right. of lab equipment in there that she can do things to me. Yeah. I think you you and Chris White's wife have to like talk. Yeah. Yes. They seem, yeah. To, do, they seem to do most of the work. <laughs> All right. Here, I'm at a I'm, I'm at a weird point in this interview with you, Ralph, because a I've kept you 40 minutes over time, which yes. you've just been awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out and answering all these questions. Oh, no problem. And then the other half is I still got a bunch of questions in front of me. <laughs> so you want to keep going? It's up to you. Well, here's what I want to do. I'm maybe just going to rapid fire a few questions to you. Yes. And then we'll and then we'll either take a break and say goodbye after the break, or we'll just say goodbye. How okay. Let me rapid fire just a couple. Here's one uh, very specific. One of our listeners wants to know: Do hops grow good in the Northeast? Yes, they can. Okay. And maybe a particular variety that might be good there. Uh, again, I'd pick those probably those varieties I just mentioned, which would be hardier. Okay. The Cascade and mm -hmm. uh, sorry, what was the, the ca you'd have your Cascade oh, Chinook, uh, Chinook. Uh, Chinook. Yeah, yeah Nugget Nugget would probably be nugget. pretty hardy. Well Lamet might be not quite as hardy in the northeast. What does this say? Uh, most homegrown hops, uh, this is a person saying I've had in beers, have had a really nasty grassy flavor. <laughs> I'm guessing that was a wet hopped beer. It's a wet hopped, yeah. yeah. It's a wet hopped beer, and it's basically chlorophyll. Okay. That's what grassy is. Chlorophyllic acid. Hops are made mainly made up of uh, chlorophyll, 85. percent You need to prime your drinkers ahead of time, tell them they're, what they're getting. One of yep. our smokers out there wants to know: Can you grow hops in a hydroponic media, similar that you would do the cousin? I, my guess is you could grow them in a hydro, uh, hydroponic media, but I uh, have never heard of them. I've never seen them done that way. Although, 
when they're uh, making new cuttings. We just talked about, uh, you know, cloning hops. We've been, clo- you know, we've been cloning for years. That's the way we have to do it to keep it the same. And and one of the reasons, ways you guys do it are through rhizomes, which we do, we're talking about. The other way is meristem cultures, where you're just cutting off part of the leaf and and putting it into a mist chamber. So it'll be similar type of thing. It gets big enough, creates the plant, starts producing leaves. You cut more leaves off of that to create more plants. On and on. Well, the so real deal is you can grow that program. in your backyard. Why bother with your hydroponic area? Yeah, you don't need it. Yeah. The reason Police you, aren't going to bust yeah. you. Exactly. The yeah, reason you do hydroponics is because you got to hide because, it. Because he has the two-bedroom townhouse. <laughs> yeah. Although hydroponics work really well. That's how you get the purple stuff and all sorts yeah. of weird things the like that. Purple yeah. and shit. I'd love to see purple hops. It'd be amazing. <laughs> crystal things on there. Okay. Um, how much of your products are sold to Latin America, Ralph? Uh, we're we're mainly in our particular business we sell mostly to North America. Okay. With that being said, I sell a little bit in my business because I'm in the craft brew world. Uh, I sell to virtually all the countries down there to a small extent, uh, but it's really small amounts. Now, with that being said, Latin America does buy a fair amount of American hops. You know, it's the the biggest company down there now is like Ambev or something, which used to be. Uh, you know, they're in Brazil. Okay. They're in Brahma and Antarctica. Huge companies. They're buying, you know, 500,000 pounds or a million pounds at a whack, you know. Whew. Uh, wow. I, I used to sell to those million guys in the pounds. old company. We don't, we, I, I don't worry about them anymore, but, so they do buy a lot. Um, so there's a lot of hops going down there. I'm not myself selling so many. Okay. All right. Um, at the risk, another question from the chat room here, at the risk of giving away another free advertisement, um, <laughs> Uh, is there any commercial beer where the Amarillo really comes through that maybe you could give an example of? It's a good question, I guess. Well, you know, you want to really who, taste who that flavor. Who buys most of the Amarillo? Uh, no, <laughs> do they say if they're on the East Coast or West Coast? They don't say. They just want to know if there's a commercial beer that uh, we can really taste the Amarillo hops in. I guess this, I guess this question came up when we were talking about the Amarillo that it's all gone, and uh, I think the listener was just wondering why why is this Amarillo so important? I don't yeah. even know what commercial beer I could taste it it's, in. It's not gone this year, too. I think that's the big rumor. It's right gone now. from last year, is what. It, and yeah, but you can get it again. Correct. Right. There's now? a little bit around here and there. I think you could pick up at times. What will happen a lot of times is the brewer will send you know give some back or whatever, and then you can all right. get some again. Did we answer the question? No, we did not answer the question. Yeah, we avoided it. I'm not sure the best one. I mean, I know different people are buying them, but as far as a beer that's just Amarillo, I don't know of a a beer that's just only that. Hmm. It's a good question. I'd like to find out, yeah. Well, I know, for example, that um, Sean from 21st Amendment out here... Likes yeah, to use he, he likes to use Amarillo. I can't tell you which beer it's in, not because it's a secret, but because I don't know. <laughs> but next time he's in here, I'll ask him. But that's not one that everybody can get. I'm wondering, do you ship Amarillo to somebody in in Middle America or East Coast or anything, Ralph? That you yeah, I was trying to think. See, like Magic Cat was using some back there. Okay, and, that's in uh, what uh, Vermont. Yeah. Okay, Magic Cat in Vermont. That's a big yeah, one. You so can find that anywhere on the East Coast. There's some. There's some there that they're taking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Centennial is uh, still a pretty is a pretty big one that you know you can more more people are using. Yeah. Okay. And Centennial and Amarillo are kind of uh, similar. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're the little bit of a brotherhood mm-hmm. there. In fact, uh, when I couldn't find Amarillo, that's what everybody suggested to me. I wanted to make that same recipe and I couldn't get it. And they cousins. said, oh, "Go ahead and use Centennial, cousin of yes. the cuz." Yeah. Even. It's like triple yeah. cousins. Doc, you're squirming like you got to pee over there. 
Yeah. <laughs> they told me I couldn't. You weren't allowed to pee. Uh, it's not funny. And I need a beer. You're standing. I'm not. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will be in a minute. Uh, uh, let's see. And a couple last quick questions. Um, I know the answer to this one. Do you attend any beer festivals, Ralph? <laughs> no. <laughs> never have. You hate those things, don't you? Be going to the craft brew conference here in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay, that's uh, up there. luckily it's real close to Seattle. Yeah, you're lucky. Is it always there, or just you're lucky no, this year? No, it's a different. It's a different uh, town every year. Last year was in Philadelphia. Year before San Diego. Year before that, New Orleans. So it moves around. Okay. You know, I go to quite a few uh, different festivals, and I do talks. I, I do get around a little bit. Okay. I I think I met you one time. I had just one some swag from a contest and i got some newport hops yes. I, i'd never heard of them before yes and i asked a couple of people i said well you got to go ask ralph he's over there <laughs> and I, I i went and i hit you up i'm what the hell is newport <laughs> and you did explain it quite well to me and and what it was so i i want to yeah. thank you for that still being grown in oregon by john annan yeah that's the grower yep See, again, I'm at this crossroads because I just realized one of the really important topics I wanted to talk to Ralph about is pelletizing hops. It's one of the questions that none of the hop shows that we've done here we've been able to answer. And I also have, I got two, all right, so I got two important questions for you, Ralph, and hopefully we can keep it quick. Let me give you the easy one first, and then maybe we can talk about pelletizing in in a brief sort of way. And then I got a stump the hop grower question. We play a game on here called stump the brewer because that's yes. who we usually have as guests. Last week we did stump the chemist because we had uh, Charlie Talley in here. This week we want to do stump the grower if I can yes. do that for you. Um, okay, so let's do two important things first. So real quick, what's the best hop for making hop tea? Oh, good question. Okay. You know, I've I've had a few, Brian Hunt down in your area likes to make hop teas. Um, I don't normally drink hop teas too much, um, other than just trying to get a little bit of a flavor of the hops. I don't know if I have a favorite one to make a hop tea. My, I, I guess if I was to drink one on a regular basis, I would tend to, though, want to again go towards a lower aroma type hop. Okay. Uh, probably but, like a Hallertau or a Sterling or, a, you know, something of that nature. Sorry, the Hells Angels just came into the studio. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, um, yeah, probably something like a Sandy M or Sterling, okay. Tetanang, something of that nature would be good. I, I probably wouldn't want to go towards a Fuggle or Willamette. Those are a little more English-style earthy. And then you start getting into Cascade, probably be a little strong. And then the higher alpha ones would probably be a little strong, too. So Okay. I suppose if I had a hop tea, I'd be, yeah, like Glacier, Golding, Tallertau, Sandy M, Sterling, Tetanang. Okay. A lot of the noble or the noble derivatives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All not right. So much. They're not so much in your face. Okay. All right. So his is going to be tough to do quick. I know, but it's really important, and because it, it, it's a question, everybody knows that pelletizing hops. It's just now it is the widely accepted way to to use hops because you get better utilization. Everybody knows all about that stuff. We could do a whole show just about that, but. What is the, in, in a nutshell, what's the process of getting us pelletized hops and, and why they work so well? Could you do that? Start with the T90s. Yeah. And, and T90 is the standard hop that's, that's grown. And basically what you're doing is you're, you're, you're taking your whole bale, which you've gotten that way from the farm, from your warehouse. We typically will bring in blends 
and a blend is consisting of about 10 bales or 2,000 pounds because they're 200-pound bales. Put them in a bale breaker, which is basically a machine that just kind of breaks up so it's the cones again, and it goes through a vacuum system, goes through what's called a hammer mill, and that shreds the hops into a, and, and a, uh, finer particles. And again, it goes up another air uh, uh, vacuum system to a uh, mixing tank. There's two-stage, an upper and a lower. It's a lot of sucking, uh, by the way. Yeah, then after that point, you know, there's no more sucking. Yeah, at this point, it's all going to be <laughs> augered after this. Gotcha. And so it's it goes auger. in the upper tank, and so you got your blend one going in, say, 2,000 pounds, and it's up there mixing, mixing, mixing. Because one of the things with pellets that you want to do is homo- homogenous blend, especially if you got more than one <coughs> a lot to, con- to contend with. So, for example, maybe you got uh, 200 bales of uh, cascades that are, uh, say, 5% and 200 at Five five and two hundred at six. Oh, I see. Okay. You want to blend it all together and come out kind of with a five five average. Okay, I got gotcha. you. See what I'm saying? Yeah, now so I get you, you. So you might make a nine bale blend out of that and put three three and three in, and just go through. And and, and and so the upper stage is mixing all those together. Yeah. And then when it's full, you got your bales in there. There's a trap door drops down to the lower mixer. Yeah. The trap door comes back. You start putting in blend two. Now your lower one is feeding out to your pellet die, which is going to make, which is forming the the pellet itself, while the upper one is filling. So you got a continuous feed, but you got a definite uh, control on, um, on on your blends. So what's sense? the? Yeah, it does. So I, in in getting a, a mental picture of what's happening there, you know, yes. how fast are those pellets crammed and and, and made then? You know, in, in terms we run, of we we can run in an hour. It depends on the variety. There's a lot of factors involved. Uh, 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 ambient temperature, yeah. uh, temperature of the machine and everything, because when you're going through the, from this point when they come out the bottom mixer, they go up another auger into the pellet die, yeah. and basically it's that powder or shredded hops dropping down in, and then there's a, a big roller with some pinch rollers in that are forcing that up through this big roller, which has got a million little holes in it, which is where your pellets form. Well, that's a friction uh, factor, and friction creates heat. Yeah. So we try. So you do two things: keep the heat down at that point. You can run them slower, obviously. Yeah. You know, create as much friction. And we actually do have a nitrogen system where we infuse nitrogen into that dye. Okay. Uh, so we we pre-cool it. I also have some. Uh, I bring uh, some. I have some cooling uh, systems that are before and after, too. So I, I have a lot of refrigeration in the plant. But uh, the nice plus part you do it in the winter as well, right? Plus we're doing it in the winter. That's the other thing. And being in Yakima, dry climate, it gets pretty cold. Yeah. And okay. uh, and so uh, we're normally running from October. We just finished the end of February. So you normally run it in the winter months, which helps a lot. Uh, certain varieties will run faster than others, too. So you so guys only have to work from October to February? <laughs> in the pellet plant. That's when you, and, and then the rest of the time you're working in the air hockey plant. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at that point, what you're basically doing, they go into another system, and, the, and they're a holding tank that, that's, that's refrigerated them, getting pulled back down again. And then they go into a hopper, which then they're basically put into boxes, and they're weighed, and then they're vacuum and sealed. And we could do a nitrogen flush if we want and then seal it. Uh, we, we do whatever, um, like if a customer wants a, uh, a specific way of doing it, we'll, we'll uh, go ahead and do that. Okay. What's been interesting, though, is one of the big advantages of pellets over time, people have said, is the fact that they're in a vacuum-sealed environment. And, of course, with any um, 
a food product, and hops are a food product. Mm. Heat and oxygen are your two things that cause oxidation. So what you really are doing is arresting oxidation by putting them into a pellet box uh, and keeping them in our cold warehouses. Because even at freezing, that's still heat, and you have that. Well, one of the things that we've been doing a lot lately is uh, vacuum sealing whole hops, too. Oh, nice. That's become a real big business. Just had to mention that uh, because that's another way to kind of get around that oxidation stand. Uh, well, yeah, it seems know, like a natural thing. Process. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm no brain surgeon, but I would have thought that you would have done the same with the with the whole hops too, right? I was sitting out there for days and the finally came to me. You know, maybe we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could, could, you, could you elaborate a little bit on the T45 pellets? Yeah, basically, okay, first of all, wh- how did the name get to be? Maybe you guys uh, you, you guys have any idea how the name 45%. Why they uh, call it Type 90, Type 45? Yeah, because of the... Uh, don't, Doc, you don't get to answer. You're too smart about okay. that. I'll just, Troy. I'll the rest it, of us don't know. I'll let it go. Doc, you it know. It has nothing, has yeah, nothing to do with U.S. hops. Cause no. US, typically what it is is how many pounds of product you get out from what you put in. So it's a vegetative So if matter. you put 100 pounds in on a Type 90, you get 90 pounds out. Ah, okay. Which is, which is not true in the U.S. because we get about 96.25 uh, pounds out, so it does not equate well. Is that because, because we're better at everything? Yeah, well, it's because it started in Germany. And yet, <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> and in Germany what they do, they dry, they dry their hops different than we do. They... We dry our hops down to about eight ten percent moisture and put them in a cold store warehouse. Yeah, and the, and we do that immediately. In in Germany, they 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 dry them down to about ten to twelve percent or maybe even higher, maybe up to fourteen percent, and they sit them in loose bags in a warehouse. And then when it comes time to pelletize their extract, when I say just use the example of pelletizing, they'll redry those hops down some more down to eight to ten percent, and then run them through. And that difference of drying is the is the weight difference. Interesting. So, yeah, so uh, type 90. Now, 45, basically what they do is they freeze the hops, and they put it in what looks like a giant cyclone, and they separate the lupulin from the vegetative matter. Okay. And, and, and then they, could, they have a sieve that they can run it. They can separate it and put it through. And they actually can mix it and make type 70s, type 55s, whatever you want. So, uh, type 45. So basically how many lupulin glands they can put per pellet. So basically what they're doing is they're getting 45 pounds uh, in there yeah. for every hundred pounds of hops they put in, right? Uh, but they got all the alpha in there, see? So, you, so you don't get double the alpha, but you start getting towards doubling the alpha. It, it, so, it works wow. really good for a low alpha hop that's only maybe three percent to start with. You could end up with something more like five five. But that's see? not the case for the T ninety. It's only that way for the T forty five. Yeah, T ninety is just the hop itself shredded and put into a pellet. So Which is typically in the U.S. how we use it. So the, the, the benefit to a home brewer for a T45 versus a T90, mm-hmm. what would that be? The only the only benefit, well, there's a couple of benefits. Use less? Type 45, from, think of a commercial basis. Now, let's go back to the real world of commercial ops. Yeah, the guy's guy just spend all the money anyway. Yeah, well, it's less storage. He's, he's buying, yeah. you know, 500,000 pounds. Now he's, he only has to have room for 250,000 pounds. Uh, and if he's shipping it somewhere like to uh, Japan or something, you know, all of a sudden you have half the containers. It takes a lot less, uh, a lot less freight and a lot less right. storage. So it'll cost, it, it costs him more in manufacturing, but less costs in you shipping, more storage, all that kind of stuff. But it's yeah, far, it's, it's a wash. The, the other thing yeah. that you get out of it that would probably would be an advantage to the home brewer, if we were to talk about anything, is you would have potentially less vegetative matter. In, mm-hmm. in, in the brew kettle, so less um, grassy taste possibly, which, which comes back to that that other guy's question oh, about yeah. grassy taste. Now, if you have a real low alpha, 
you know, you got to use a lot more of them. Right. Uh, you're putting in a lot more of that chlorophyll, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's a way. Now, the problem is, is you guys in the home brew world, there's not a whole lot of type 45s available. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Is it's not the availability is just not there. It's mainly custom made, and it's you know it's just not a big world for me. With that being said, I have usually on stock. Uh, you know, if the people are interested, they can contact Beer Beer More Beer and get a big enough uh, order. I do. I have some <laughs> ca- cascades and some uh, um, check saws. I have as type forty fives. <laughs> I guess I'll be carrying this I expect tomorrow. the order tomorrow. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, there Thanks you go. go. <laughs> All right. Don't you, call me. Call Pierre Pierre. No, that's Pierre. right. Call Chris. <laughs> well, He'll be there Monday morning at 9 o'clock. As usual, uh, we could have a whole other show with you just about that processing part, Ralph. When yes. We, yeah, we, we hit that pretty fast. Yeah, when we get good guests like you, we tend to do this where it just... Can't get enough in there, and our, and our allotted time, and our allotted time is over at this point, too. <laughs> um, we, let's do Stump the Grower. How about that? Yes. Um, okay. You ready for this? Am I, and I'm supposed to be a grower for this one, right? Yeah. You're the one, baby. <laughs> You're the guy. Hey, we, okay. we announced you as the guy, and now you got to be that guy. You are okay. the guy. What are we giving away here? Uh, Damn, damn, damn. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We're still going to figure out last week's <laughs> thing. The leftover beer bottles. T45. Yes, the T45. Some sort of swag. Okay. Get your homegrown stuff. <laughs> Analyze. Maybe we can give Chris. Can we give away some hops? Yeah. 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 Let's do a. Uh, well, I, I see three. Three hops. You we want? have three questions, so potentially three hops. Oh. Three hops. We'll do uh, four ounces of uh, one pound of each, except for oh, Amarillo. Right. That's a lot of hops. <laughs> yeah. And no, no Amarillo in this one. Uh, no Amarillo. <laughs> Yeah, you want to give away a pound of each hop for to three people? Yes. Uh, let's do uh, eight ounces. There you go. That's fine. A pound's a hell of a lot of hops. Yeah, and, and they have to away. start with a C and end with a... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And it has to be Cascade. <laughs> hey, I didn't see that. Okay, so here's the way it works, Ralph. I give you the question. If you're able to answer, we don't have yes. to give away hops. <laughs> if they stump you, yeah. we uh, they win. Can he phone a Could friend? I- could I could I say I'm stumped and then give you the answer so they get their hops? <laughs> so they I'll be hops. asking you for those eight yeah. ounces of hops. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> yeah, that'll be on. I'll hops. donate the hops when I get the answer. It'll cost them more to ship that <laughs> okay. thing. This one you should be able to get right here. Okay. All right. What is the scientific term for producing or processing rhizomes? What is the scientific term? Yeah, Propagating? Oh. As a hop grower, what's the scientific yeah, name for a yeah, hop basically grower? Basically, they're doing them. They're propagating. Why does it say, produ- Daniela? Why does it say producing or processing or resembling rhizomes? <laughs> I don't know. But that's how they put it, huh? Yeah, that's how the question. Because that's right. not the answer that I have on here. But here's the, but right your answer, and I'll tell you. The answer right. here is rhizomatose. Oh jeez, <laughs> sounds like He's somebody's someone, drinking. Someone's looking up some old dictionary. <laughs> yeah. I'd give him some hops for that one. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. For that, just you for can me. have four-year-old Cascade. Rhymatose, jeez. Do, uh, do Never heard one? of it. Daniela, you want to give me one of the other ones? Yes, I do. I want that person to re-input something in the chat room there to say whether they're effing probably with Yahoo that rather than Google it. Okay. <sighs> this, is a, this is an interesting answer here if it's right. Okay. What year... Did the first documented instance of hop cultivation happen? I got that. I can't remember the date. It's like, um, 
He doesn't know. <laughs> it's like 1342 or something like that. This thing, and this 13 is... or 1400s. Okay. It was in South Central Bavaria. It was yeah. a, I could tell I you like it was a, Flan, a Flannish prisoner was writing home and he talked about working in a hop field. South I can tell you the story. I just don't know all the dates. You know what? See, I'm with Ralph on this one. Or even if he's close, because the date on this one says, mm-hmm. uh, Danielle, did you, are you missing a digit here? <laughs> because this says 736. Yeah. There's, well, this thing says that they first cultivated hops yeah. in 730. You know what? I don't think... 736 is a name. People couldn't read and write in 736. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but maybe they, I just picked up pick. some weird number. But they, could, <laughs> but they could grow things. You know, that could yeah, be... Yeah, they couldn't could read and write and talk 736 about 736 is a number that sounds good. <laughs> you, no, you, you know what? And I think, I think I think he's right. Yeah, so do I. I was thinking of my name, you know, how you how you think back. No, it's, third, it's closer than 13. I think it's 736, yeah. That's okay, right. well, so we'll, we'll call I'll you Stump. It was in South Central Germany, yeah. All right, that's eight ounces. Or so just, I'm, I'm a down a pound right yeah, now. Let's go. go. Okay, and last one, Danielle, you got another one there? Well, this one I'm not quite sure about, so you just read it. Uh-oh, I just uh, dropped the phone. There. Let him be the idiot. Oh, boy. That's my microphone. Don't yeah. do that. There was several microphones at once I just dropped there. Okay. Hmm. I like how they're calling the game Stump the Hop Man. <laughs> <laughs> you're now you're now the Hop Man, Ralph. I see. The um, Hop Man. And by the way, it would be Sir Hop Man. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Okay. Okay. What country? This is a what country cu- uh, question. Where were hops first used in a brewery? Well, the first uh, the first uh, known since they're cultivating there would be uh, in that uh, Bavaria, mm-hmm. Germany. This uh, one says the Netherlands in the early nineteenth century. Fourteenth. Fourteenth. Sorry. <laughs> Four <laughs> nine. That's, that's, that's pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of hundred years. What the hell? <laughs> I, think, I don't, I I don't like the, this. I game think for anymore. them saying it's up there, it's good. But I, you know, I don't know. I think that, uh, that you yeah. know the problem back in most of those dates, it might be the fir- he says the first documented use. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, probably so. so. Who documented yeah. that? Yeah, you know, the Discovery you know, I mean, Channel. It's pretty obvious if they're growing hops in, in Germany that they were they were using them. Sure, so that's they, what I'm thinking. Like if it was first cultivated. In 736, like what else do they use hops for? They ate it. Yeah. They just ate them. Yes. It's a pretty bitter meal. So, <laughs> right. it's a nice salad. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hop and salad. nice tea. I want to have a hop salad now that we've been talking about all this <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I cram that, that hop salad good. down your throat. Well, I would say stump because I asked several times okay. that that was accurate, and I say this man deserves hops. Yeah, what the hell? They're right. searching <laughs> for you those questions. Send me his email address. Okay. I think just for the heck of it, he should. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. I appreciate that. I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Thank you, beer, beer, more beer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, That's I'll great. tell you what, Ralph. Uh, they had you could have answered every single one of those questions to the T. They would have gotten you. They just keep coming with these things. It's great. Yeah, so. they're great. You know, Ralph, <laughs> questions. Ralph, Real nice obscure stuff. Yeah, yeah, Ralph, I think you and Chris ought to go to Vegas, and you know, you just play craps and have Chris stand next to you. <laughs> He'll cover your bet <laughs> the whole way. It, He'll yeah. cover your bet the whole way through. Yeah, just have a good time. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah, I meant that number. <laughs> well, so there you go. Ralph Olson from Hop Union, and you can go to HopUnion.com if you want to learn about the company and take a look around over there. But if you want to buy their stuff. Uh, you're going to go to your local homebrew shop, and uh, certainly Beer Beer and More Beer carries uh, all Hop Union products. Uh, all the hops you buy are from from this man we've got right here, Ralph. Uh, he's the guy who gets them. 
Uh, how many varieties you guys carry at B3 there, uh, on average? You even know? Oh, God, I don't even know anymore. You I don't think do 30. anything I'm, there, I'm do you? I think about, about 100. No, they carry 50. <laughs> I think we carry 30 of them. 30 of them, okay. Yeah. I just really hold the place down <laughs> physically. You never even show up there, do you? Hey, I watch you when you walk in the showroom. <laughs> That's a good thing, too. Because you're on the camera, baby. You're on the nanny cam. So uh, Hop Unit's products, uh, chances are if you're in the uh, continental U.S. and you're buying hops from a from a homebrew place, uh, it's Ralph's stuff. So you can contact them if you want. Uh, apparently they're real good at customer service and you got any questions. Doc and I will work on setting up a little deal where you guys grow your own hops this season. And then at the end of the season, we'll take a couple of you, a little contest. Uh, you send us your stuff, or we'll have you send it directly to Ralph, actually, and they'll tell you the alpha acid of it for free instead of having to do the, the payment We'll play. tell you how good a farmer you are. Yeah. What, are we going to have someone yeah, who can, can smoke the most? Or? What's, that, what's that, Ralph? We tell them all kinds of things. One thing I would <laughs> say bet. is before they, before they send the hops in, be sure uh, we'll talk it over to, to make sure they yeah. send them in the right way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, for example, they need to be... Uh, uh, dry. I've had people set them in when they're wet. They come as mush. Oh, right. You know, they just don't analyze very well that way. Okay. So you uh, tell them all kinds of things, like in the just alpha. how to get them. You want them to come in the optimal form for uh, analyzing. So you could probably we'll tell that. them like the alpha acid content, whether their horse is eating too much hay and their daughter's pregnant. <laughs> we could tell them the alpha, the beta, yeah. real easy, and the HSI, which is hop storage index, which right. is a measure of oxidation. Can you tell how much poop was in their soil? Yes. <laughs> really? Because yeah. that's all I want to know. I don't care. I just want to know how much poop is in my dirt. Uh, we'll, we'll do those ones. And, and actually, that it's interesting with the HSI, which is another story to talk about later. It'd be interesting because we could tell him if he maybe picked the hops too soon or too late. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a good that's, giveaway. That's what that'll tell. Just slap that's his that's hand that. for that one. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll set up the whole deal. We'll do it right, and we'll do it in advance, and uh, we'll make the rules and regulations, and then get your last word on how to ship them in before we do it all. You yeah, got, we'll do it. That'll be fun. fun. Okay, yeah, that will be fun. That's a cool thing. Um, okay, so we'll set that up with Ralph, and also I think Ralph, I'd, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to do just another show with you where we, you know, we've talked about growing a lot today. I'd really like to talk about the process again. So maybe sure. we get you on for a, 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 even a shorter interview if we need to, and, and just really talk about how all that stuff's processed. Because you know, I got questions. We didn't even get into you know how long does it hang out at your facility, and and what do you do to res- you know to keep it fresh, and all sorts of stuff like that. I'd really like to talk to you about. That's a lot of things we can right. go over. Yeah. Uh, or if you're in the Bay area sometime we can you know get you in the studio get you in the studio it's more fun oh yeah there you go i do get down in the bay area on occasion all right that's what we're going to do maybe your next visit we get you in here and then you can have some beer with us too that'd be kind of fun huh that'd be cool I'd like to drink beer sitting next to Ralph that he supplied the hops for. How cool would that be? It's just a lot of fun. You 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 two can watch Scott drink four beers in a row. I have to pee. Well, thank you. (laughs) I I appreciate your time. Just so everybody at home knows, Ralph really spent a lot of time with us, a lot longer than uh, even he had had signed up for. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I don't think any of it was time wasted at all. That's right. It was all good time spent. And, uh, I, had, I had an enjoyable time with you guys, too. It was fun. <laughs> cool. Very good. So Hop Union is the place. Ralph is the guy. And Beer, Beer, and More Beer is the place you can Sir buy Ralph. stuff. So, Sir, Sir Ralph. Ralph. That's right. Sir. I appreciate the <laughs> correction. Appreciate that. That's <laughs> my loyal subjects. <laughs> uh, thank you, Sir Ralph, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, same here. You guys take care. All right. You too. Have Cheers. a good night. Bye. Wow. What a lot of fun. Cool guy. You know, I was saying earlier in the show, like, uh, I love this industry and, and uh, all the best jobs and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we got a good thing going on here, guys. It's cool to, to hang out in the studio with you guys and talk to, uh, I mean, 
bring this kind of information to the homebrewers everywhere well, is, there, is a cool thing. There's certain beer gods out there. That's right. This is... How, this is Sir Ralph. They're looking <laughs> upon us with, by sending us Sir Ralph. Yes. <laughs> He's not the god, just a god. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It takes four gods. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm doing is I'm saying, uh, you know, after reading the article that I read you at the beginning of the show from that guy and, and having a little bit of angriness and, 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 and there's a lot of problems going on, uh, I'm saying that at this moment I'm pretty thankful for what we do here, and I'm, I'm real glad to bring it out to the listeners. And what a lot of fun and what a lot of cool information to uh, be able to share. Uh, with homebrewers, so that's that's cool. Ralph's a good dude. It's all good all the way around. You know, this is so much information came over tonight. Yeah, where's your breathalyzer, Doc? <laughs> do you have to pee, Doctor Scott? <laughs> yes, I do. Don't mention that. Are you gonna Are you gonna hang you out? Bastards have, in the chat room. Are you gonna hang out and have another beer? <laughs> you gotta. Can go, I huh? pee? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Am I gonna have to drive him home? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh man. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I, 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 you know, what saved me is I had a big feast right before I got here. It so. soaks it up. Yes, Do you it guys does. know if Hop Union sells pellets to Lowly, home brewers? Lowly members? Uh, no, they do not. Uh, they sell it to homebrew shops. Mm, okay. So basically, if you're getting it from your homebrew shop, you're getting it from, from Hop Union. Okay. Yeah, they do. You know, like he was saying, I mean, 70% of the hop production in the United States goes on in Yakima, where they're located. Uh, he would probably not be too business savvy if he dealt with the, with the yeah. home brewer. He's got so many hops up there that they go straight to the Keep in mind, to too, like he talks about Amarillo and stuff like this one guy owns the whole clone Amarillo. Yeah. So, how, you know, Ralph has to be a broker, too. I mean, yeah. not only is he a grower and have to manage, you know, pickers and, and yeah. fields, and if they get an aphid, that wipes out a whole field. That's it's him. That's thousands of dollars right there, let yeah. alone brokering these. And then he's got to take care of the importation of right. everything coming in. Oh. And then he's got to export back out. It's right. also got to deal with the guys that are ordering from him a lot. Yeah. Then they want all the Amarillo. Mm, well, most yeah. of the people don't realize, like, when we order with Ralph, like, say, Cascade, um, Amarillo, Sterling, the, the ones that are either the huge movers or the um, – the up-and-coming stars, we have to pre-buy it for the year. Yeah. So, like, when I buy Amarillo, I buy a couple hundred pounds, and they store it frozen in their their big freezer systems. Oh, okay. And I have my own, you know, set of pallets that they draw from every time they ship. I got you. So does, you know, Russian River and all the big breweries. They have that usually, too, on their core because if he runs out mid-season, yeah. they're screwed. That's right. And that's an amazing amount of infrastructure that has to take place yeah. just to get that stuff out there. So yeah. The uh, storage is unbelievable. And, and like you were talking about earlier, they have great customer service from those of us who do buy from them. Right. Would you say that you guys are, are a little fish on their totem pole, or you guys get a lot of hops from them? I, I'd say we've grown quite a bit. I'd say yeah. in the beginning, yeah, when we bought a one eleven pound box a month, we were probably <laughs> a little fish. <laughs> yeah. But we probably bring in close to a full-size pallet now a month. So yeah. I, I can't imagine we're tiny. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine we're Budweiser either. Ah, okay. You know, he talks about what he used to do was mainly just be a broker. Sure. And with and, the big guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're talking about to, to Mexico, a million pounds of hops. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just that's insane. Yeah. And you know that some cousin was going along with those shipments, <laughs> by the way. No, those, those were coming, coming the other Oh, that way, comes yeah. the opposite yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. That was with the Colombian shipment of uh, yeah, gypsum. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What, do you got a P2 or something, Daniela? No, but is Oz calling in because he has to talk to Dr. Scott? Take him. Can you do it? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oz. 
Hi, how you going? How are you, buddy? <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Hey, dog. Yeah, buddy. Mate, I'm up to number 12. Where you at? <laughs> number oh, 12. Oh, let's see. I've had about seven beers yeah. and some meat. <laughs> to me. That's not 12 beers, though. Uh, no, it's not, but you know what? It's 2 in the afternoon to you. Uh, what, have you had, what have you had 12 of? Uh, Belgium wheat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I think Dr. Scott, though, did his share of the deal, right? Because he was only supposed to drink four. Yeah, what did in the... 20 minutes. Uh, wasn't it $15 per pint? Yeah, yeah. What did, what 150 it? so Doc's got to do six more. <laughs> Can I go home and do it? Yeah. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> it does, they want to hear you doing it. Uh, we'll wait for the for the show that he can stay longer. I think. Yeah. Well, well, when I don't have to do the Jamil show in the morning. Yeah. That's a weak excuse. Well, that is next I don't week, accept then. that one. I, I only accept the excuse that you have family obligations. The having a show to do in the morning, I do not accept. Well, but that we can't accept it's either because happy, listeners paid $150 now for that. Oh, but, they, but he did it. Oh, I, I did it fast. Well, they paid for what he did. Oh, okay. They, they paid for him to slam the four beers in so the... So he doesn't have to drink 12. No, they didn't pay for... that. Nobody told me and Doc it was 12 beers for 150 bucks. They said, will you... Uh, we might have happened to going. You forgot to tell poor Doc... <laughs> oh, I'm saying, you know, I'm on a roll here. They pay me more money if I drink more. Or did they just say four? Yeah, because I'm not drinking more than. Well, you say would. <laughs> I'm not drinking more than say thirteen or fourteen. Well, <laughs> we could well, ha- we could have Dr. Scott have ten beers next week then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, we could we could move over. It was my understanding that he had to agree to the four, and that's what the hundred fifty bones was for. And Oz, to be honest with you, the beer that Jay had in his refrigerator pretty yeah. much sucked. And it and also it was all like like. Gut bomb type of beer well, too. None of it was light. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, the um, half of Eisen from uh, from Gordon Beers was pretty good. I pounded those. Pretty oh yeah, that's quick. good beer. Speaking of, I need a beer real bad too. <laughs> I'm no, thirsty. You don't. I'm thirsty um, tonight. Oz, can we do it again? Yeah, it's double or nothing next week. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think I match you. Uh oh. What do you think? Hi, boy. Are we match each other? He's gonna beer for beer. Oh He's gonna gosh. match you beer for beer. Doctor Scott, you're aware that uh, Oz had 12 beers in like one and a half hours. He's I had four in 20 minutes, 15 minutes. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but you guys do them 50, 14 ounce pints. We do 16 ounce pints over here, or 20 ounce pints. Sorry. <laughs> Ours are actually 12. <laughs> well, it's even worse. They're even more. Yeah. You're probably bigger than me. Yeah. Um, that's he a just, plan. He just called you a fat bastard, Austin. <laughs> In a nice way. He knows me well. Yeah. Uh, I think we ought to go for it somehow, some okay. way. Why don't you two discuss it off the air, you and Oz, and figure out a week to do it. I don't care when you do it. Um, Can I... Like not have the no pl- no pee clause because <laughs> yeah, I'm hurting right now. Yeah, the no pee clause is tough. I'm hurting. Yeah, that's a rough one. Oh. I gotta ask my my questions really quick. Oh, you know I didn't what? pee either. We ought to just you ought to just like bring home a colostomy bag. <laughs> you just sit there and pee. Nah. Oh yeah, the auto buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I can send you a website on that one. <laughs> I found that the other day. Don't oh, I saw why. another thing that you sent me, too. I will talk maybe, about that. Maybe later. it was that. All right, I got to go. Oz, thank you, buddy. No worries. Keep, keep drinking. <laughs> you got to. Uh, he has no <laughs> choice at this point. Do, a, do us all a favor. You're a much more pleasant individual uh, than you But he has the whole afternoon to go. Yeah. 
Timothy. You already passed out. No, thanks for the call, buddy. He fell down on the pizza <laughs> oven. We'll see you. No. Oops. That was rude. <laughs> Are we saying good night? Yeah, we're out of here. Um, Oh, <laughs> Doctor Scott, that's a happy look on your face. Just <laughs> <laughs> guess you're gonna be around for another few hours. I gotta pee, baby. I'm gonna cook you some pasta now. Alvita saying good night. <laughs> All right. I think the archiver <laughs> failed at the beginning. That'd be you. Yeah. <laughs> you being angry. Yeah, I missed the whole angry rant. We came in. The archive starts after the first break. Hmm. So, uh. It's all gonna be. Well, that's good. Australians, you guys are my saviors all the time. One of you who did the recording, <laughs> you're gonna have to send that over to me. <laughs> so I can put up the, a proper archive. If the archive isn't up by tomorrow morning, you know why. <laughs> I got all the good stuff of the show. It was just my angriness at the beginning. Which, to me, I thought it was alright. You know, it was a good lesson in, 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 in beer politics. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I'm alright with that. Don't worry. You didn't get it because the FCC wiped it out. Yeah. That's that's right. F- Somebody in Australia is recording it. Did they, did they Somebody. Tell you Sweet. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> so you I might get it tomorrow. You I might get it whenever, but you can. Well, tomorrow. I'll tell you get what, it. Someday we're going to put out a behind the scenes like DVD. <laughs> oh, no. And you're going to find out how much we've screwed up around here <laughs> and how much the Australians have bailed us out every time. It's unbelievable. Well, if, if they recorded it there, then it's tomorrow there and he should get it. Before it happens, she got a tea yesterday. Yes, <laughs> because alcohol is a time continuum thing. <laughs> exactly, it stretches it out. It stretches it out. <laughs> you know, yeah. actually, I think it, it compresses it all. Yeah. <laughs> Confuses it. That's for sure. It's a time continuum. Where you go? Sit down. The show's not over. No. Sit. I have to cook your meal. And I need a beer too. But it's all right, I'll get you a beer and cook your you're meal. You're allowed to leave if you're going to bring a beer back. But it's kind of cool when she stands. Up. Hey, did you carbonate <laughs> your beer yet? Yes, I did. It's it's carbonating, but nice. it still has to go for another week, so you have to come back. Yeah, let's taste that after No, we No, this time <laughs> I say no. So whack your PV. Don't worry. We'll have a little, we'll have a little glass. It's <laughs> not fully carbonated. You're a, well, I'm not going to say Be careful it. opening the door to your cryogenic booth when you leave. I don't want all that noise onto the microphones. I will. I will. What beer do you want? I don't care. All right. Something good. Yeah, some tasty. Next week, you know, I, I'm not sure because we had rescheduled Ailsmith, who was supposed to be our guest a couple of weeks ago. And then I think we had to reschedule them again, not to any fault of their own, because I think, uh, Doc, uh, we want to do the malt show next week. And we, now we've, do, we've done discussions about, uh, you know, how to do your mashing and whatnot, but right. we're going to do a, a, a real malt talk, not only about, uh, you know, uh, getting into the mashing again, okay. but about where malt comes from and, and grain and growing grain and a lot like we did with hops today doc and i have been uh, uh, um you know trying to plan you guys a, a series here in the last couple sanitation last week hops this week malt next week where we not just talk about the normal things that, d- that you can read in a book right but that we actually find out like where does this stuff come from and, and the Who one, does it? one show you think this out one show yeah we've tried <laughs> no. but one show builds on the next show that's right and uh the one thing with the malting is malting is just the precursor to mashing Correct. A lot of the same things happen in mash and malting that happen in mashing, except for we're relying on the maltster to do it all for us. Yes. And when it comes up to the mashing, then if you're an all-grain brewer, that's what you do. Yes. 
So what we've had is Chicken Boy hard at work at, at getting these guys to coincide <laughs> with the show. And Chicken Boy is working, I think, on Brees Maltz for us next week. And that's why we might be postponing the Ale Smith show and getting Brees uh, uh, on the phone. And okay. we'll do another discussion like we've done the past couple weeks to really get into the nitty-gritty about uh, where this stuff comes from and the grain Good. and the malt and all of that. And so st- uh, stay tuned to thebrewingnetwork.com, and I'll, and I'll let you know if that's going to happen next week. I think uh, we've already spoken to them. We're just waiting on a confirmation so that we can get one of their good reps on the phone to, re- to really talk about it. It's amazing how cool a lot of these companies have been with us, that, that they don't like just sick some like sales guy on us when we ask them. We've gotten like the owner or the founder or the chemist. Like We've gotten... Uh, they're so cool all the time. Right. You know, who are we? Like, we call them up. We're like, hey, we do this, you know, this radio thing. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, we'll give you our head guy. Oh, I shouldn't tell them this is CNN? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we're, nas- we're like syndicated internationally. You ever wonder why you mash at 152 and not 148? You know, the guy's trying to give you sparge water at 172. I don't understand I'm going to turn you into Let, poop. Let's see if that customer writes back again and says, uh, I'm not listening to you guys. That hops is a real scam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know about that hop. <laughs> yeah. That's a real scam. Yeah. You guys are just trying to suck my hop. My yeah. you, Actually, you can grow your own. I've just gotten the email. You're absolutely I right. I use one kind of hops, and that's all yeah. I use. He's already written in. Uh, Dear Brewcasters, I was a loyal listener <laughs> until you guys talked about hops. What a scam. Hops. Like anybody really uses that stuff. I will no longer listen to your program. Thanks, please. What an asshole. You know what? He's probably going to tell all his friends, and both of them aren't going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I don't know what I'm going to Oh, do. damn. Our, our listenership is going to go down by 80%. Yeah. <laughs> i got to go lose some sleep <laughs> over that. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. And uh, another good show with Ralph Olson from Hop Union. And thank you to Hop Union for bringing this show to you, too, and, and really just getting that info out there and helping us out. See, it started angry. Yep. It ended happy. I oh, told you that's beer, what we were going to hey, do, right? Hey, a beer is coming. I'm a man of my word. Man. And Daniela has brought me a beer. Uh, unbelievable. It's not open, but... Uh, beer in a tight looks, sweater. That's great. Chris Graham's got the bottle opener. Thank you, Daniela. Oh, what a, what a nice thing. A beer in a tight sweater. What Does it get any better than that? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Any one of those glasses will do fine. And uh, I'll share my last beer with you folks at home. As Danielle is pouring it right now. In a tight sweater. <laughs> <laughs> You're Doc. What? I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, man. You're a good dude. I love you, too, man. <laughs> I don't know what this show would be without you. Aside from funny and on target. Uh, but, you know, I'm only a guest. <laughs> Guess who won't go away, just like uh, relatives. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Doc. So he's like, he's like a cousin. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> oh, what a bunch of fun. We'll see you next week uh, either with an Alesmith show, which will be a great show there. The guys, it, it makes a- awesome beer, or with a malt show. So stay tuned to thebrewingnetwork.com. And tune in tomorrow as Doc does the Jamil show, Oktoberfest in Martin. Right. <laughs> right. No, it'll be a good show. We're going to do it good. <laughs> um, hopefully it'll be just as strong as the Wit Show. Yep. Uh, bo- I've had both a lot of experience in both those two. I don't know why Jamil picked those two, but it, it, he goes amazing. That's your two favorite things. It was perfect. It was. It, it just was, happened to fall that way. It was know. in the stars. And thank you to Chris Graham also for uh, been ha- hanging out and helping us out lately. And I uh, really like having you on the show, so I appreciate it. A lot of fun. I'll be here whenever you want. All right. Very cool. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks a lot. See ya. Women,
land big fine. But don't you give me that American crude, boys. I want a real homebrew. Homebrew, don't you really love that homebrew? Can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I'll have it. Well, I'm the one right now. Yeah, you know what? 